This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on FUBAR Radio. <laughs> uh, and we're live. We're live. We're live at at mid- far, it's midday. Yeah, we're here to stay at midday. <laughs> That's oh. our rhyme. Uh, you can make your own ones up at home, guys. But I'm sticking with the good stuff. Um, my name is Nick. Is Nick my, my name what's is... Name? My, what's my name? My name is... <laughs> my name is Nick Helm. And my name is... Simply put. And you're listening to Nick Helms. And and Nick Helms fan club with... with Nick Helms fan club with loyal sidekick, Nick Helm. (laughs) Hi, Nick. How's it going? Yeah, it's all right. Also starring... And... (laughs) Also starring... (laughs) Laura Lex. And here's Jar with... I think that that's very bad to announce the um, the guests. I only did it in the context of a great, but knowing our show, um, I'm I'm always surprised when they turn up. So yeah, we could still be a surprise. So it could, <laughs> so it could just not. We might not have any guests today. <laughs> um, but um, uh, so my name's Nick. This is Nat, and <laughs> you're listening to Nick. And that's... It's like an answer phone message. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> uh, believe it or not, George is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I don't know this bit, but... Where could, he, where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hang on. Not a, it's not a Seinfeld fan? Yes, 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 that yes. That was from Seinfeld. Anyway, if you, this is the first time uh, you've tuned in. This is the show. This is what it's always like. This is what it is. But, uh, if but you've been listening and you're thinking, what's going on? And you're a regular listener, same. If you're confused, uh, don't <laughs> worry. It's five-star entertainment. My name's Nick Helm. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Nathaniel Why do you always pause so long before you say your name? A dramatic, um, dramatic pause. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Because you, you look terrified. I think it's... Um, <laughs> I say, my name's Nick Helm, and it looks like you freeze, like a rabbit in the headlights, and you're trying to... I think it's... It's your real name, Nathaniel Metcalf. Yeah. What do you think it's a stage name? Well, it's a little bit like you're trying to remember the lie that you told every time <laughs> I introduce it. It's a really weird weather today, because um, I'm only wearing a T-shirt, but I'm covered in corpse sweat. Corpse sweat? You know corpse sweat? No. When you walk around Edinburgh and it's cold, uh, but yeah, you're all damp. Yes, I yes. call it corpse sweat. I don't know if that's an official... Can you look it up? Is that a medical term? I don't I don't know if it is there, Natalie, but uh, but uh, can you just look it up? Uh, I'm Nick Helm. This is Nathaniel Whitehouse. And uh, that's Natalie Fubar. That's how I've said... Natalie Fubar's back. That's how I've saved, saved her in my phone. We on, uh, were you on holiday <laughs> last week, Natalie? You so. were on holiday last week. Where did you go? Uh, can you be a bit quicker with your answers? Because uh, the viewers can't... The viewers... The uh, listeners, Palmer's the, Green. What is, it, is, is that on the central line? I thought it was on the central line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope you had a lovely Green. time. Yeah. I hope you had a lovely time in... It's a day out, Never shredded week. East London. Uh, <laughs> it is a day West, out. West, isn't it? Palmer's West London. You went, to, you went on holiday to Palmer's Green. North. North London. Where's, where, why do you keep just saying West London, North London? You're just saying different, different directions, different directions of London. Did you really go on holiday in London? But you, but you moved house. You didn't go on holiday. Oh, oh. well, 
So why did you keep up the pretense of saying that he went on holiday all this time? We've, we've been talking about this now for over a minute and a half. And not once did you say, guys, it wasn't a holiday, I was moving house. They can't hear you at home. So just be quicker with all of this, because that's just dead air. This is a complete waste of everyone's time at the moment. Oh, my God. One star. What, uh. what, Albert Ross, 159, you fucking cunts. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm doing... Yep, I'm doing this. One, you fucking... What, that you should have absolute, that probably should have a, some sort of apostrophe. Natalie, I do not need this right now. I'm, I'm, uh, fucking hell. I'm just to give everyone an update, I was on some horrible antidepressants. Uh, I was on them for two months. Uh, I was... Uh, <laughs> I hit absolutely rock bottom. I decided to, decided to come off them last week, and I've come off them and I'm only now beginning to feel good. I've started going to the gym again right? I'm only now being able to leave the house, right? This is a serious this is serious stuff I come in here, it's the only two hours of my week that I actually enjoy and I come in here and Albert Ross 159 and you're laughing about it, the glee in your face that you are actually displaying in front of me, that Albert Ross 159 has given us, me and that five star entertainment Fan club, one star! Is it a mistake? Do you reckon he's done a mistake? I think he's probably pressed the wrong button. Read it. Albert's being nice, just trying to be funny. Would you know what, Albert? Leave the jokes to me and... uh... Nat. Nat. And uh, leave leave the comedy to us, guys. It's not even meant to be a funny show. People keep saying this show's hilarious, and it's just like, it's not not meant to be hilarious. It's meant to be hard-hitting journalism. So it's actually... So the five stars even wind me Mm. up. More than the four stars. The four stars don't... Mind you, I'd rather have a one star than a, than a four star, I have to say. Because yeah. at least you can put that on the poster. Yeah. yeah? And at least, people will scroll, scroll, <laughs> at least people will scroll through iTunes and they'll look at it and they'll go, uh, bloody hell, that must be bad. Let's give that a listen. Very much like uh, Edinburgh shows. <laughs> but um, I'd rather have the fives. Anyway, so uh, I guess we'll read it out. So Starts off first line. No, wrong, wrong button. It's the wrong button. There we go. Hang on. <coughs> Five. <coughs> oh, God, that caught in my mouth. <laughs> I've swallowed it now. It's fine. So, um, it's, it's back where it was. Um, Put it back where it should be. Uh, I, 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 got, I, got in, uh, I got in a taxi last night. Oh. And uh, I've been. So, Wednesday was leg day. And literally, I've not been able to walk. I've, I tweeted about <laughs> it. But I said, because uh, I was down. I've got like. Um, I've, I, I rent a flat. And I've got, it's like uh, anyone that's on my show knows quite detail. My show, like my tour in 2017, there was a detailed description of where I lived, the flat. It's two floors. Um, oh, really? So people have been able to figure out where you live? I think, no, not where I live, but a detailed description of the layout. Oh, OK. Of okay, the blueprint. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I went into quite, quite intimate detail. And uh, basically, I was sat downstairs uh, after the gym. My legs were burning like they've never burnt before. And uh, the doorbell went uh, upstairs. And I had to crawl, <laughs> crawl, crawl across the living room and up the stairs uh, to the door, uh, arm over arm. Uh, so that Like Action Man. It's like Action Man. Uh, so to get to the joy time, and I was just like, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, it was like the scene in Robocop where Miguel <laughs> Ferrer uh, gets shot in the legs, and then they leave a hand grenade, and he's trying to, he's trying to get rid of the. Hand. I don't know why. I always, why is he trying to crawl towards the hand grenade? Because I think he thinks he can throw it away. 
but it's not gonna. But you just think, get behind the fucking sofa, innit? Yeah. Crawl behind the sofa and just use anything for protection, but don't crawl towards the hand grenade. I think it's because it wouldn't be as good dramatically as a film. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and Paul Verhoeven is all about making things extra dramatic. Yeah. So I do, I do respect it in a lot of ways. But also, uh, the other thing was that when I tweeted it, I put um, when I wrote Miguel Ferrer. Mm-hmm. Uh, twi- uh, autocorrected his name to Ferrier. F- Ferrier Rocher. I've got and, um, and when I tweeted it, it autocorrected it. And pi- yeah, I got oh, a few no. likes, but it makes it look like I didn't know how to spell his name. That would infuriate me. It, it, because you can't edit a tweet. No. So it just, and it already got, I, I, I was so fucking angry about it. It, um, it did bring me down. It would. That would uh, that'd finish me because people would go, he doesn't even. Doesn't even know I think, Miguel Ferrer's name. Someone else doesn't even know Miguel Ferrer's name. Cool. Star of Robocop and Twin Peaks, Hot Shots Part Two, mm. and Traffic. He's in Traffic. He might be in Traffic. He's um, George Clooney's cousin, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was. He's dead now. Yeah, sure. I was um, thinking George Clooney's dead. No, but no. Miguel Ferrer. But I do. Um, I do, oh, I do love him in Robocop. He's, I mean, it's Robocop is because he's one of the good guys, and he's still, yeah, he's still <laughs> sleazy. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the bit when he gets killed. Spoiler alert! Uh, the bit, the bit well, when we've he already, we've already he, said he crawled towards a grenade. He, he's uh, he's snorting cocaine off of prostitutes' <laughs> yes, breasts, yes. and then uh, and then the bad guys come in and get him. And uh, oh, sorry. Uh, it's actually, I think, doing the show with this music in the background. Constantly. I love it. It's a sound bed. I love it. Maybe we should get some, can you uh, download some more relaxing, uh, chilled out sounds? Free with the Daily Mail on Sunday. (laughs) Chilled out sounds. um, Michael Caine did a chill out album. No. He did one that was called... (laughs) That was really Scooby. (laughs) (laughs) Zoinks, like, let's get out of here, Scoobs. (laughs) Could you look that up for us with a with a with a track listing? <laughs> it was like uh, it was like about ten years ago. Michael Caine released an album that was like, yeah, it's just my <laughs> favourite chill out songs. <laughs> but they're all like really sort of modern. Did he sing them? Yeah, Caned. That's it. Fucking Caned. hell. Although interestingly, the picture we've been given has a four and a half star review. <laughs> Not by none of the songs are by uh... seven reviews, four and a half stars, and he sings them. No, no, he just it's like a compilation of his favourite like chill out anthems. It's like, like it's like a Ministry of Sound compilation, but promoted <laughs> by promoted by uh, no, Michael Caine. That never happened. I mean, you've just seen this is this is the track listing. Can you download the entire album, please? And also, could you get me a napkin because I am dripping with sweat here, and I don't know what's going wrong with me. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so um, oh, yeah, so that's what I like about Robocop is that uh, even the even the supposedly likable characters are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, oh yeah, what a movie! But he's a very likable villain, isn't he? That's a perfect movie. Or like, he's, yeah, I guess he's not the villain. Yeah, he's not. He's no, a good guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's <laughs> slightly, he's a slightly uh, scuzzy, uh, but he's not like an anti-hero. He's, a, he's sort of a. He's sort of a hero. He's sort of like... Well, he's not a hero, but he's Robocop's pal. Do you know when they switch him on at the beginning and he gives him, like, a thumbs up? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're kind of like, yeah, I think... Oh, it's what a film. That is that is an incredible film. Yeah. yeah. It's his best film. Not great. Uh, Robocop's CGI best film, it, isn't it? it? Yeah, CGI not great CGI. Good. No, the CGI. Yeah. Oh, it's proper 80s CGI. <laughs> it, it is. We went to see Robocop at uh, Prince, Prince Charles, Charles Theatre. We've probably said this before. Oh, yeah. Right? We see Robocop at the Prince Charles Theatre and there were a bunch of millennials sat behind <laughs> us and uh, they were laughing 
at Robocop rather than with Robocop. Which even is when it had jokes in it. Well, even when it had jokes in it, they'd laugh as if it wasn't meant to be as funny. As if it wasn't meant to be funny. It's like, Robocop is like uh, a perfect combination of uh, gross-out uh, horror, uh, science fiction, comedy, action, thriller. It's got everything. Special effects. But there are jokes in there. <laughs> just sorry, I've just remembered that clip, that video clip you sent me of Robocop just shooting dicks. <laughs> shooting dicks and stuff like Oh, thank you. Thank you. Some paper towel. Oh, <laughs> well, there we go. Just it. mopping myself down. I don't know why I'm sweating so much. Um, uh, somebody called me a pig on Instagram, so, uh, wow. so I blocked them. Well, good for you. I feel great. I thought Instagram was meant to be the nice one. It is. Eileen Griffiths doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> um, so uh, she, she was she was on the wrong she was on the wrong oh social media outlet. Um, so uh, right, let's uh, let's get these reviews done and out of the way. A one star review. There's this cunt that's uh, come along called Albert Ross One Five Nine. The first line of it suggests. Uh, Suggest something else. He's having a bit of a bad day. Yeah. Yup, I'm doing this. That's the that's the title. Mm-hmm. That should have a comma in it. <sighs> Where to start, Albert Ross one five nine? Why is Albert Space Ross one five nine? Shouldn't it be Albert Sp- Space Ross Space one five nine? I mean, he doesn't even know how to put his name in. I love this show. Wow. Really love it. <laughs> oh, hang on, I'll do my I'll do my radio voice. <clears throat> I love this show. Really love it. I've been a, I've been a huge fan of Nathaniel since nice. I heard him on the Lost Treasures of the Black Heart podcast performing some absolutely hilarious stand-up. It doesn't sound like a one-star review so far. So it was a joy to discover he had his own podcast. Uncle's all right, I suppose. Oh, I see where this is going. Done more than fucking uncle, mate. You fucking cunt. <laughs> fucking absolute prickhole. Oh no, I think like, I think someone's fucking, trying to create. I think someone's trying, trying to, to create a division. Absolutely, fucking. And also, Divide and I heard I heard the Nathaniel's Lost Treasures of the Black Heart <laughs> podcast, and it wasn't hilarious. <laughs> right? It was it was it was good. It was good. I mean, with friends, I thought it was I thought it was very good. But I mean, hilarious is a bit much. I smiled a few times. <laughs> I was doing the washing up and I smiled a few times. I thought, oh, good old Nathaniel, you know, he's... he's, he's, he's Managed get, to get himself on a podcast. He's getting out of the house and doing a podcast. That's great. But, I mean, hilarious is big words. Uncle's all right, I suppose. You're wrong there, mate. Just look at the Amazon reviews. Most people think that that's, you know, it's the best thing I'll ever do. <laughs> I'll tell you this for now. This food bar show is... Oh, God. I need to make another appointment with my doctor. <laughs> to get some, to get some new pills. <laughs> Keep it light. Anyway, this podcast is. Anyway, this podcast is so much fun that Lee Lee <laughs> Lee wanted is that I wanted to be part of it and to give you guys some more filler, filler. to ramble. Filler. We don't need this. We don't need these. We this don't is a need distraction. We're literally doing this, you know, to... to it's Try a, and include everyone. It's a sideways glance at uh, other inferior podcasts, the sorts of podcasts that beg for uh, for reviews. approval. And we're not and even reviews. a podcast. We're not even a podcast. We're a fucking live, live radio, radio show. show. Anything could happen. Anyway, we've got Liam Neeson coming in later. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> there we go. Um, silly old Liam. 
So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that'd be uh, nice if that was one of the uh, if that was like a headline on one of the papers. That's just that's a, like silly old. I mean, I think that that is the sanest way of of dealing with it, isn't it? <laughs> don't don't give it any more thought. You just go, oh. Silly old Liam. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've uh, anyway. anyway. I don't think I've seen any of his films in, in the cinema. Uh, but one of my favourite films is Sam Raimi's Dark Man. It is, yes. And I, and I do like Liam Neeson in that film, but I always wish that it was Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Doesn't the end of Dark Man end exactly the same as for the villain? Because that's the thing where there's Mission Impossible Two. How is it with the with the oh. clicking? I was going to say, like, it's like the Miguel Ferrer thing. It's with the... It, it's like a grenade, but they've got the uh, the little bowing thing, haven't they? That's going to blow up the... That's not with... But that doesn't happen with Miguel Ferrer. No, no, in Darkman. Yeah, with the little uh, duck. Yeah, yeah. The little bird thing yeah. that does it. When they've got one of them on uh, a- the ship in Alien as well, don't they? Yes, yes. One yes. of those little uh, ducks that nod. Yeah, that's in Dark Man. And it's to, it's to light a, a, a lighter, isn't it, that's going to blow up the... Yeah, sure, I can't remember exactly, but... but um, I sort of remember the the last bit of being the villain trying to get towards that to knock it off the table before... But I don't it. know if it's the main villain. That's how they that's how they blow up Dark Man in the first place, Dr. Doctor Liam Neeson. Um, Dark Man is such a good film. It's a great film. Um, it's if, also like a superhero movie before they were popular. Well, basically, like um, Sam Raimi tried. He did. A, he did a George Lucas where he tried to get the rights to the Shadow. Oh, is that right? And he couldn't get the rights. Or he did get the rights to the Shadow. Or he didn't get the. Or it, took, it was taking so long that he just. Decided, so what George Lucas did was he wanted to get the rights to Flash Gordon, and um, he, he, it took him ages. So, um, or he couldn't get the rights, or whatever. And then so he wrote Star Wars instead. Um, and Sam Raimi wanted the rights to the shadow, and then that took ages. But at one point, um, I read ages ago that Sam Raimi was meant to be doing the '80s Batman with Bruce Campbell as Bruce Wayne. Oh wow! Um, was Joe Dante at one point as well, Batman? I mean, I, alternate universes, isn't mm. it? I don't know why any of them didn't take over after Tim Burton. Mm. I mean, anyone would have been better. I hate Batman Forever. <laughs> Like everyone goes on, like Batman and Robin is one of the worst films ever made. But Batman I, and Robin was the biggest. Uh, Batman Forever, sorry, was the biggest like leap from the previous one of being like, oh, like oh, right. like when people were like going, uh, are we going to reboot it with uh, Batman Begins? I was just like, I don't really consider the first four related to each other in any way, <laughs> yeah. other than some of the cast. Right, like even Batman and Batman Returns is kind of like, well, they've completely changed all of the set. Yeah. They've recast some of the characters. Oh, but do you know what? Um, Oh, God. So this is really cool about Batman Returns. Oh, we'll finish the review in a bit. But the thing about Batman Returns was really cool was that Billy D. Williams was originally meant to come back as Harvey Dent. Yes. And he was meant to be the Christopher Walken character. And oh, And at okay. the end, uh, uh, Selina Kyle was going to electrocute Harvey Dent. And then in Batman Forever, he was going to... Uh, be the main villain. He was going to be the main villain. He was going to be Two-Face because half of his face was going to melt. And... Um, uh, and for some reason, Tim Burton decided to invent, you know, there's so many characters in Batman's <laughs> arsenal. And uh, in, in Batman's, uh, what do you call it? You um, see Batman's arsenal in um, Batman Forever, don't you? You have to see yeah, the too. And you see uh, Batman's dicknell in the... <laughs> in the comics. <laughs> in the comics. Um, what's the, uh, what's the... 
what do you call it? It's Rogue's Gallery. Mm-hmm. And Tim Burton just invented Max Schreck. And you go, Max Schreck is obviously named after the actor who played Nosferatu in the original yeah. 1920s yeah. Nosferatu movie. That's right. That was later remade by... Well, also... Who was it remade by? Werner uh, uh, Herzog. Werner Called Nosferatu, starring... Um, I've got his book at home. Um, this is pathetic. It is mate. pathetic. It's pathetic, Nick. Oh God. Um, this is pathetic. Oh God. Um, I've forgotten as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was his name? Uh, Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski. I've got a good in... fact though. Everyone thought that Max Schreck's name was a pseudonym because. Shrek was his favourite cartoon. <laughs> yeah, no, isn't Shrek? I think is death or means death or horror in oh, German, really? and so everyone thought, "Oh, come on, mate, with your sort of cartoon name." And it was like, "No, that's his actual name." Look at that. There you go. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mm. Well, yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> um, uh, what uh, were we Christopher talk- Walken uh, is brilliant uh, in that. Oh yeah, it's yeah, great, yeah. Well, that was I think most people's reintroduction. Like Christopher Walken had done yes, what, yeah. King of New York, but yeah. I didn't really know who Christopher Walker was. So he'd done mm. Deer Hunter, funnily mm. enough, and he'd done uh, King of New York, and he was in Annie Hall, and mm. he'd done films. But like, no one really knew. I didn't know who Christopher Walken was. No, it's true. Was. That was probably his sort of felt like a big comeback, like an certainly introduction to me a, as a kid. It's sort of a comeback, but he was never in the same league as. Uh, De Niro or Pacino, was he? You know? Mm. And uh, why are you drinking so much? Uh, why are you laughing? <laughs> it makes it sound like I've got a, a drink problem. Right. Why are you drinking why so much? Why are you drinking so much, mate? Anyway, <laughs> uh, what I really want to talk about, I'm worried about you. Um, uh, uh, oh, um, just on live radio, mate, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> So uh, that's my uh, that's that's my friend director Jamie Adams. Not um, a fan of the show. Not a fan of the or show. Or maybe he doesn't listen live. Or maybe he's just like saying uh, trying to correct us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think you're fine. Batman Batman Returns. It's 1992. <laughs> although he didn't say any. So I mean, he's just. Anyway. It's called uh, Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski. Uh, Klaus What's your favourite Klaus Kinski film? Uh... I think he's great in a film called. Oh, what's it? Oh man, is it what a terrible? A few day dollars it is. more. It's a few dollars more. That's the answer. It's a few dollars more. He plays the hunchback in a few dollars more. He does. Uh, that's the correct answer. If anyone ever, just for the listeners at home, if you don't know anything about Klaus Kinski, uh, but want to look really cool in front of your mates in the pub or the cafe, say <laughs> a few dollars more. That's your favourite. So, um, <laughs> hang on. Christopher Walken was really good in um, Batman Returns, and then it was a little bit later after that, he, d- he, he did the double whammy of True Romance, Pulp Fiction. Just a double whammy, that's the two of them. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, so, but then, but like, so, like, the, the early 90s was really when his career sort of like yeah, exploded, took off, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it felt like he was a big deal. Well, actually, yeah, again for the first time. Because I guess it was like he was more seen as like a very sort of serious actor. In the, the sort of early 90s, it almost became that he became a star, right? So Christopher Walken became like a... If you cast Christopher Walken, you wanted Chris, you wanted Christopher Walken to be Christopher Walken in your film. Sure. But I knew who Robert De Niro and Al Pacino were when I was growing up. Mm. And I'd never heard of Christopher Walken until yeah. the 90s. And maybe it's because Batman Returns was sort of a kid's film. Yeah. It's not a kid's film. It's fucking, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> uh, but, um, but do you know what I mean? I went to see it at the cinema. Um, 
so I don't know. But maybe that's that's why. But then it's not like Robert De Niro was making Bambi. Sure, yeah, but I guess if anything, he, he kills. But he's the one that killed Bambi's mother because he's the deer hunter. He's the yes. He was he was in the deer hunter. But Christopher Walken has the big scene in the deer hunter. It does. But he, I don't think it made him a huge star. Maybe he got Oscar nominated for it. Maybe he didn't. Yeah, he's in It's in all the... speculation. <laughs> he is in there was a way to look it up. Natalie! <laughs> he's, like, he's in a bunch of films in the 80s where you sort of retroactively go, oh, there he is. He's always about. Was he in Heaven's Gate? Uh, yeah, I think he was in Heaven's Gate. I've he's never in, seen um, Heaven's Gate. Have you seen Heaven's yeah, Gate? Yeah, I watched it once. I wonder what like, it's like. It was, <laughs> but it was really, you know, it was really good. <laughs> What, Heaven's Gate? Yeah, it wasn't like... It's not something you watch and you go, well, this is a disaster. It's the it's the, uh, the film that sunk the studio, though, wasn't it? Mm. And that supposedly changed Hollywood. That meant, uh, since then, everything's been blockbusters, isn't it? I was thinking about the Heaven's Gate um, because, you know, so there was the Watergate scandal mm-hmm. and then there was Heaven's Gate mm-hmm. and then there was uh, Waterworld, which was called Kevin's Gate. Yeah, because yes, it was such yes, a big yes, yes, sort of like story at the time. But As then was, it's like, um, I don't go on. But then it's like, well, did you just add gate to things? Yeah, there was Diana Gate, wasn't there? But, the Princess Diana. But then, then surely, when you go back retroactively, it's Watergate Gate. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's fine. I guess the stream only only flows downstream. <laughs> Um, do you remember stream only flows downstream. <laughs> so, st- stream only flows downstream. Look at the top of my screen. Look at the top of the screen. Uh, the Deer Hunter won five Oscars at the 51st Academy Awards in 1979. Best Picture by Barry Spikings, Michael Dealey, and Michael Cimino. Is it Cimino? I think it is. Cimino. I think Cimino. Chim Yeah. <laughs> and uh, John Peverell. Uh, if you need a, uh, to pepper-proof your house, <laughs> then simply <laughs> use Peverall. John Wayne's final public appearance was to present the award. Uh, uh, he was very ill with uh, cancer at the time. So John Wayne wore a uh, scuba suit <laughs> underneath his tuxedo. Is that right? Yeah, to, to make him look a bit bulkier. Oh. Yeah, uh, not a scuba suit, not like one of them Victorian... <laughs> 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 just, what was it, though? It's like a wetsuit. A wetsuit, oh. Mm. Uh, underneath his tuxedo. Poor John Wayne. Ah, oh, poor John Wayne. Silly old John. So, uh, so you've got a choice here. Indulge this one ridiculously entitled fan club fan. Oh, hang on. What's going on here? Go anyway, on. this podcast... Uh, uh, Anyway, this podcast is so much fun that I wanted to be part of it. We've done all this. um, um, Anyway, this podcast is so much fun that I wanted to be part of it and to give you guys some more filler to ramble through when you run out of Nisa stories. We'll never run out of Nisa stories. Well, we didn't go today. Didn't go today. Bloody hell. That's out We went to the fucking post office today. Oh, yeah. What what? you mind? Like, Nathaniel was just being quite pleasant. I had to pick up some post from the bloody post office. Uh, <laughs> haven't opened it yet, but it's probably another bill. Um, I don't know. Um, so we're queuing in the line. It's very, you know, and Nathaniel moved out of the way to let a woman in. And uh, it could have been a man. It was a woman. And uh, and uh, he was just 
had his head through the door just talking to me as I was picking up my parcel and she just piped up and she? she just had to pipe up and she said would you mind closing the door it's such a cold day outside but she said it with a bit of a bit of a laugh like it's ridiculous that you two crazy cunts are having this chat in the post office with the door open and I oh I tell you what Yeah. For a, I, it did annoy me. For a good week, I prowled the streets with a kosh, looking for all the old ladies that I guess I've been fucking hell. <laughs> Silly old Liam. So, um, anyway, Dark Man is an incredible film. Um, that's what we were talking about. It's a really incredible film. But what happens in Dark... He is a Dark Man. Yeah, but, very, but, a very dark side to yeah, But what happened in Dark Man was uh, there's a bit where... Um, it's about a guy that creates synthetic masks. Yes. Um, it's like. a bit weird. It's like... It's a really great film, but it's also sort of like half a concept. They haven't really kind of really gone with sure. it. It's called... Uh, his superhero is called Dark Man because he was a scientist uh, who gets blown up and he's very badly scarred. And an ama- there's an amazing scene when he comes around with Jenny Agutter and John Landis. Uh, so, American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, and so he uh, he's sort of like super he has superhuman uh, strength and endurance to pain uh, because they've severed all of his nerve endings <laughs> so that uh, he can't feel the pain of his his burnt skin and so then he goes back to um, it's sort of like a bit like based on the Phantom of the Opera as well so he creates all of these masks that look exactly like real like Liam Neeson mm-hmm. uh, and when he puts it on uh, he realizes that. Um, in daylight, they last like ten minutes, yes. but when he's in the dark, they last like an extra half hour. I don't know the exact timings. Don't write in and complain. <laughs> um, and uh, and so there's a bit later on in the film where one of the one of the one of the friends from Wayne's World, who's in Bohemian Rhapsody car scene, <laughs> he plays one of the bad guys in Dark Man, and it's really funny seeing him. And, uh, and there's a bit where. Um, uh, Someone is wearing a mask. Someone is wearing a mask and they're shouting for help and their teeth are all silver and they get shot a lot of times and killed. And then it turns out that they're wearing a mask and when they take the mask off, it's revealed that it's one of his henchmen that's got, um, what do you call it, gaffer tape, silver silver duct tape all over his, uh, over his mouth so that he can't communicate. And so they thought it was the guy that they were trying to kill, but it's actually one of his, one of his men. Uh, and they use the exact same bit in Mission Impossible 2 to the point right. where it's just yes. kind of like, you know, well, I was watching it and I, it's quite near the end. So, so, I mean, I was already out of the film, I think, by that point. But then <laughs> the brakes really do screech there and you go, hang on a minute. You, ca- you can't even be bothered to come up with your own bitch. You're just finding... Well, Tom Cruise did that again, didn't he? So there was Mission Impossible 2 where he steals that off Darkman and then there's... Uh, the Mummy, yeah, okay, where they steal like, the whole sidekick character from American Rag- Werewolf in London. London. You're just like, are you, is this a tribute, or are you basically just planning on the fact they're that... They're both Universal movies, and it feels like they must have got, like... But then you'd imagine you'd have some sort of John Landis to go, can I have, like, exec producer or something, or... Because that's a it. character that I created, yeah, and you've a, just and stolen it. That I've just gone, that's the... Yeah, it does feel like... It's really, it's really weird. 
But yeah, I was. I couldn't work out. It's, it's it meant to be like, in the same. It's like going. Oh, is it like meant to be in the same sort of world as? Is it meant to be kind of like an? Ab- is it meant to be a tribute? Hmm. You know, um, but it's not. Is it, is it meant to be like a little wink hmm. to the audience? But the audience that are watching Tom Cruise's The Mummy are not the same audience that grew up watching American Whale from London. Hmm. And the audience that are going to see Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible 2 are not the same audience that rented out Darkman from the video show. I, do you know what I mean? It's, it feels like bullying. Yeah. It feels like someone's come along and gone, I'm having that. But, but no, but that's mine. What are you going to do about it? It's just We've got a 200 million budget. I was reading the other day that Jack and Jill, starring Al Pacino. Oh, yes. Uh, Adam, I've not seen that. Adam so. Sandler and uh, Al Pacino. Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, and, and Al Pacino. Because uh, we were talking about it the other day, and everyone like always has a go at Adam Sandler for uh, only putting his uh, friends in his films. You know, so like David Spade, Chris Rock, uh, Rob Schneider, and everyone goes, "Oh, he just puts his mates in his films." And, it was, and I was saying that you know, if I had a sitcom, the first thing I would do if I was starting out in comedy and I got a sitcom pilot, the first thing I would do is put all my friends in it. Yeah, and I think it's really lovely that he's kept that going. And he just wants to work with people that he likes, and you know, and he's given them work and stuff. And I would, I would do that. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. But the biggest criticism with him is that he only works with his friends. And you go, no, 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 he works with Oscar-winning Al Pacino in Jack and Jill, <laughs> and you hated that as well. We all hated it. What's my name, Don Cacino? Um, it's a whole new game. I've not seen Jack and Jill. Nick forwarded me that clip of Al Pacino and it made me think, well, this looks like a brilliant film. <laughs> I really love, I mean, I, I've watched that probably five times in the week, the Dunkachino <laughs> Al Pacino bit. When but he, he gives such a performance. Know, he a really real, goes like, for it. He really goes for it. Uh, he doesn't I, phone it in at all. He really goes for it as a funny... It's a really, I was like, because that's it, funny. Because it, it is funny. I think, I think Jack and Jill is a terrible film. Has he got like those bits, that's the only funny bit in it? Oh, it's, it's, it's rubbish. Jack and Jill is a film where... Um, uh, Adam Sandler plays Adam Sandler, and, and I like I really like Adam Sandler. I have to say, right? Um, but um, but I think that most of my passion and love of Adam Sandler is purely fueled on goodwill from that he created from making uh, three films that I like, and then the uh, Netflix special Hundred Percent Fresh, which is I mean I, lo- I love him, right? And also his albums when when he was younger. But mm. it's all based on stuff from the. Mid to late nineties, maybe early two thousands, and Punch Drunk Love, um, and then he's good in um, the Mirovitz story, and what's the other serious one that he did? Funny People. Oh yeah, yeah. but I don't like Funny People. Is a it's, a, it's as another a one that's like it's it's long, isn't it? It's like nearly three hours, isn't it? It's three hours, and what's really weird about it is he takes the piss out of himself by doing yeah. kind of like the adverts where he uh, wakes up one day, he, he he meets a genie, and then he gets turned into a baby, yes. and he wakes up and he goes. Mean this young? <laughs> uh, it's funny, but he's t- taking the piss out of his own films in yes. Funny People, and then the very next film he made was Jack and Jill, where he plays himself and his twin sister. And his twin sister, he wears a, a fat suit, and um, but it's not like a Rick Baker, Eddie Murphy, Nutty Professor job. He literally wears a fat suit underneath his clothes, puts a wig on and some lipstick, and that is it, right? And uh, and. Uh, they're in like six shots together, um, where they where he's playing opposite each other, and the film cost the same amount as Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic was like 180 million, and I think Jack and Jill was something like 160, 170 million. How did they spend that much money on it? Um, well, 
on him. David Spade has a cameo, so I'm sure they all got like paid well. Wow! It would have been the best. It would have been. They the... just negotiated this thing like we want this much. Yeah, but it. also half the film uh, he's he's drinking Pepto Bismol. Uh, you know the the, 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 the pink <laughs> the indigestion brand. thing. But it's like but he's got it. It's fully on display at the beginning, uh, and then I think there's either Coke or Pepsi that's sponsoring <laughs> it. And then there's a huge. And then the film stops so that Al Pacino can do a Dunkin' Donuts advert <laughs> halfway through it, and you go fucking hell. But I think that the Dunkin' Donuts bit is really funny. It's only recently that I realised how many of the Al Pacino's films that he referenced in that yeah. bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's uh, Dunkachino. I mean, it's obviously. I mean, it's it's. I don't think it's so bad it's good it's meant to be bad no. it's meant to be bad within the world of the film it's meant to be bad I think it's one of the better Al Pacino films of recent years based on what I've seen well when you when you look at Al Pacino's body of work uh, from the 2000s uh, really Jack and Jill is a very large spike <laughs> yeah, it's a good... where you go oh I'm really enjoying this it and he's invested go, it makes you go oh I like Al Pacino <laughs> in a way you haven't thought for a long a, time well then the next scene is him just like going Burn it. Burn it. <laughs> it's funny. It's just, yeah, anyway. Um, but don't watch the whole film. Um, well, how did we get onto that? Uh, oh, I don't know. Titanic, though, interestingly, it was another one, wasn't it, that was uh, another Watergate gate <coughs> because it was seen as like a disaster, wasn't it, before it came out? Titanic gate. Yeah, it was. It was going to be like it was another one that where there were comparisons to Waterworld at the time. Like, why didn't they call it? Crazy. Why didn't they call it Waterworld Gate? Yes. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate to rhyme with Heaven's Gate, yeah. but Heaven's Gate was the name of the film, so it should have been. So, do we say Heaven's Gate because of Heaven's Gate or because of Watergate? Because you know, do you know what I mean? Because if it was because the film was called Heaven's Gate, so if we're going, that's a bloody disaster. A bit like Watergate, so it would be the Heaven's Gate Gate. Yes, and then it would be Kevin's Gate Gate. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm a, if, if anyone's got any complaints, uh, write in and let us know. But yeah, if we got any uh, experts in, if they can write in and let us know <sighs> about the gate situation. About all these gates. Gareth Gates. <laughs> and uh, remember when he slept with Jordan? <laughs> Gareth Gate. Gate. Gareth Gates Gate. 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 <laughs> um, mm. Oh, wow. Well, Gareth Gates. I haven't thought about him we'll in a very long the, time. We'll get to the end of this. Uh, I've got to play a song in a minute. We'll get to the end of this. Uh, Let's get to the end of this. Anyway, this podcast review. is so much fun that I wanted to be at Fred that. Um, Nisa 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 um, okay, so, uh, Nisa Stories, if you, if you read yeah. out this entirely unwarranted one star review, uh, your only one star review, you just wanted your attention seeking fucking prick. <laughs> And thus acknowledge that you care very deeply about your iTunes rating. I would gladly change it to the five stars you so clearly deserve. You fucking... Do you know what? Leave oh, it as I one. See. I want to remember forever that, <laughs> you, that you're the fucking cunt that finally broke me. <laughs> this is a five-star show. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to it, Nick. What? Is that threatening? What? So you've got a choice here. Hang on. So oh, I think it goes on. Okay. Here, indulge this one ridiculously entitled fan club fan and get yourself another five-star review, or take the high ground, ignore me, and have this one little star burn into your fragile ego over the coming weeks and months. It's up to you, Nick. I mean, what is this personal fucking attack? <laughs> but it's funny. Also, it? he spelt Nick... Capital N, capital I, C, K. And earlier on, he wrote Lee. capital I... And, and lowercase lower I. Case, so do you know what I think? What was his, what's, the na- what's the name of that fucking prick? What's his name? What's his name? 
Albert Ross, 1529, or whatever the the numbers were. It, let me tell you, Albert, Albert Ross, you're a little bit heavy-handed when you press the I button. <laughs> yeah, tell him. Yeah, fucking... You get one star from me, mate. Yes. Um... I wrote this one. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. uh, did you write this yourself? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote my own five star review for a show, and, and it, it says it's from uh, it's from it's from it's from Worm Director Rig, Wrigley Scott. Is he here today? Is he, is uh, I didn't. I didn't write this. Of course, I didn't write this. I shouldn't have. Is he in the studio this week? Wrigley Scott? Scott. Uh, no, but he's written in. Okay. And the thing there where it says, Sir, Sir. Uh, that's because uh, when you're writing in your review on iTunes, it says title. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to title your review? Sir Wrigley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that's his title. <laughs> uh, I am writing this review yeah, to make up for some of the idiots who have managed to give this podcast <laughs> four stars instead of the standard five. Get alive, guys. I remember when I was directing uh, the worm visit, <laughs> thinking I was really onto something here, but much to my disbelief, it didn't go down 100% with the guys in the boardroom either. Mind you, this was way before the days of the internet when every mother, child and their son thought they could get a word in. But my point is, I know how it feels to be blatantly underappreciated with you in your own lifetime. G.I. Worm, Worm and Kingdom of Wormven, Promethid Worm, and don't get me started on Alien Cover Worm. People can be pricks, what can I say? Keep up the five star entertainment, lads, and keep being an inspiration to lots of worms out there like me. And I'll see you at the movies <laughs> <laughs> or the worm face. Uh oh thank you Wrigley Scott there it's really that's, nice I think that's my favourite thing in Rig- 10 months of fact <laughs> what that Wrigley Scott yeah Wrigley Scott so I think it's really nice of him he's a big director he's, he's, he's not big, got a lot of time I mean, he's not a big director like he's, he's a tiny director <laughs> um, but it's, he's taken time out of his busy schedule to write as a little fan letter thanks Wrigley thanks Wrigley uh, right I'll play a song and then we'll have a guest On Fubar Radio, and we're back. Um, uh, you're not literally going to pick up any slack off me today, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Even now, you're looking at me like, like you don't have a microphone in front of you. Hello. <sighs> Is it radio? Is it? Well, I don't know. It never has been, has it? It's been. It has been technically radio. <sighs> Um, Only because uh, our voices come out of that wonderful invention created by Marconi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The inventor of the radio. Um, Okay, well, uh, (laughs) uh, have you got anything else you want to say before we bring our guest on? No, I thought we were going to go straight to the guest. Can we go straight to the guest? Okay, we'll bring the guest on then. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are joined in the studio live over the phone. Down uh, the line. Down the line uh, by a comedian... Ahir Shah. Hello. 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 Here he is. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Uh, but, um, well, uh, it's been up and down uh, <laughs> this week, but I'm, I'm on the me- I'm on the me- I'm on the mend. It's good. You hurt yourself. Thank you for uh, thank you for asking. Uh, right. 
Uh, where are you? Uh, I am currently pottering around my living room. I have successfully ironed a shirt. Where do you uh, live? In, uh, in East London. Yeah, so you c- East London. So yeah. you, you could have come in. I live in East London as well. Okay. Uh, it's not your fault, I hear, but I thought that the point of having phone guests was because uh, there'd be sort of like... Uh, <laughs> okay, right, fine. Okay, it's not, not your fault, I hear, but you're in East London, are you? Um, it is a bit of a trek to get into the studio. So right, for me, it's just in. five minutes around the corner, but for now, he has to travel from one side to... F- He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well. Uh, <laughs> well, I hear show. That is that is a one star review. I hear show will be uh, uh, performing at a hundred hearts a night of comedy, starring Rob Brydon, Sarah O'Brien, Harry Enfield, Ahmed Jalili, Rachel Paris, and Angus Dayton, hosted by Clive Anderson. So, uh, so good luck with that. Here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, what, a, what a wonderful review! What a wonderful review! Hello, are you there? Yes, I am. Anyway. That was that was a call failure rather than an explicit uh, hang up on okay. my front. Uh, just uh, it couldn't have it couldn't have been better timing. <laughs> okay, as, as I was saying, uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, we normally try and get people that, that aren't in London to do the phone, uh, but Natalie's obviously broken her own protocol there. That's fine. Um, so when I said I live in Stratford, I meant upon Avon. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Oh, well, say hello to the bard for me. <laughs> I shall. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so what, what, are you, uh, what are you promoting? You're doing this 100 Hearts a Night of Comedy, aren't you? Yes, uh, on, the, on the 13th of February. And this is a sort of a huge uh, lineup of uh, a whole bunch of comedians. You've got uh, hosted by Clive Anderson, and there's a. Uh, Sort of Darren Majalili, Desiree Birch, Ken Jeng. I'm just thinking of the names that I can immediately Rachel Paris. Uh, remember Rachel Paris and well, Angus yeah. Dayton. What is it? A stand-up gig? Uh, yes, it is a stand-up gig. But is I Angus Dayton doing stand-up? stand-up? I don't know. Maybe he's going to find a new career. Maybe he's going to be muffling in on our turf. Have you ever met <laughs> Angus Dayton before? I've not met Angus Dayton. Is he nice? I um, met him. He was lovely to me. Oh my god! I mean, uh, my my knees went. It was literally like it was literally like meeting James Bond. <laughs> He's so suave and sophisticated yeah, and charming. Yeah, I found him really lovely. I was just like, oh my god, Angus Deaton. He is oh, TV's Mister Sex. The house while he is. Oh yeah, he's he's fu- brace yourself though. Don't yeah. don't go in. Don't go for a handshake. Uh, unprepared. Don't go for a handshake and accidentally grab his cock. You just absolutely just keep it professional above the waistline and just right. uh, and maintain eye contact. But you're in for a treat if you've never met Angus Deaton before. Um, uh, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all right, thanks. Uh, just um, sort of touring around uh, and living on trains largely at the moment. But so you're doing your own show of, as well, but you've, you're good enough. You've come on here to promote a charity gig, but you've yeah, actually well, got your own career. <laughs> what, what, a lovely, what a lovely man I hear. So this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk a bit about this uh, now, if that's all right. Say yeah. that again. Uh, I, I, well, I'll, I'll talk a bit about this, um, this charity gig now, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so yeah, it's on it's on the thirteenth of Feb, so very soon um, at the London Palladium, which is a very swish. Place. I've I've actually never been, uh, but I mean it it definitely sounds fancy. The London Palladium. Um, oh, it is. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Sunday night at the London Palladium. It's big, big. It's it's showbiz. It's showbiz. Yeah. 
And in, now, that, that's my set, so you've yeah. already oh, heard everything sorry. the last I was just going to do that on repeat for five, seven minutes. And you know what they say, um, um, you only played the London Palladium twice in your career. Once on the way up, and then w- once again when you're even further up the ladder. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so good luck. Um, I've seen some pretty good stuff there. I went to see Cats at the London Palladium once. Bloody hell. I mean, uh, ask to get a behind-the-scenes tour and maybe, uh, maybe if you're lucky, get a, get, take a photo of uh, any of the cat costumes that they've left lying around. <laughs> Right. Do you have that? Yeah, though? Do you, when you play a Oh man, get <laughs> Angus in a cat costume. <laughs> do you yeah. have that when you play a venue like that? Though, do you do you uh, romanticise it and the history of a place like that? Uh, or do well, you... uh, are you asking me on it? Yeah, just like no, 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 you. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> right. He's got. He's got another two hours to talk to me. <laughs> I, I don't think I play fancy enough venues to romanticise, really. Uh, I think that, like, oh, <laughs> imagine the history of this place. Yeah. So many years where touring comedians on exactly my level have been doing the same <laughs> and <laughs> drinking the same cup of tea. Hey, you wouldn't be going like, oh, I wonder who else has played the Builder's Arms. Exactly. Well, who has treaded the boards of this strange deconsecrated church that is an original <laughs> art centre? Where have you? Where are you touring at the moment? Uh, so tonight I'm in Cambridge, and tomorrow I'm in Leamington, uh, and then just all around the country. And what show is this? Uh, this is a show called Duffer. Uh, and it is not done for charity. It is done for my financial benefit. Sure. Uh, exclusively. And uh, give, give me money. Don't, don't feel bad about promoting that. I think you've been very good about promoting... Uh... It's your job. <laughs> you know. Um, but we've been kicking together for, what, 10 years now? Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, we would have met when I was... I just remember yeah, we played Scrabble at the... Uh, was it the Star of it Kings? It was the Star of Kings, yeah. But was it called Star of Kings? I think it was called the Cross Kings back then. Was Cross it? Kings, I think. It's called the Cross Kings, oh, and then yeah. they've renamed it Star of Kings. Me, you, and my dad played Scrabble once, and you both contested that QI uh, wasn't a word. And uh, and uh, I just want to say now that QI is a word. Uh, it is accepted in the Scrabble dictionary. So in your face, I hear in my dad from ten years ago. Um, you know what? And that's why I'm you're here today. <laughs> <laughs> cards on the table, or rather uh, tiles on the board. You are absolutely right. I hold my hands up. Uh, I got that one wrong. And nowadays, I routinely use QI as a Scrabble word. Well, you're very welcome because uh, you <laughs> yeah. can get a lot of points. It's at least eleven points that you get for it. Well, maybe if you're using a, a, a blank tile, blank tile, then uh, then you can get between one and ten points. Sure. But who's using a blank tile to, to write QI? Who's <laughs> when you're filling in for the queue? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Um, but yeah, um, but because you know, obviously, um, you're more intelligent than me. My dad took your side, and uh, it was one of the rare occasions when I was right when it came to grammar and language. So um, <laughs> no, you absolutely nailed it. Yeah, good. Right, got to cleared that up. Um, you don't really think about it anymore, though, do you? That's the that's really the entire purpose of this uh, phone interview. There's nothing to do with promoting the charity show or my or anything like that. No, we've got your career stuff out of the way. That's fine. Oh, okay. And uh, now we're back to uh, now back to Scrabble. Um, I'm a yeah. big fan of Scrabble. What are you a big fan of here? Oh, I'll tell you what I really love uh, is. Oh, uh, you're breaking up a bit there. Oh, really? Sorry, I didn't. Oh, oh. no! Oh, God. Oh no! I don't. I don't know what to do. Um, hello. Uh, here. 
A hair. I think a hair's a, died. A hair. <laughs> a hair. I think his house has got under a tunnel. Oh. Oh, that's nice. But um, do you know what? Anticlimactic. I'm glad I sorted out that Scrabble thing. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's really annoyed me. For... That you're playing a trick. Yeah. Oh, he's here. Oh, oh you are here. Here, here, here. Oh. <laughs> oh, we genuinely couldn't hear you. Why would we do that? Uh, did you think we were tooling with yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> like in uh, The I Last Jedi. I thought I was being pranked by the bigger boys. No, no, absolutely not. We've been going for almost as long as each other, yeah, but you started you... when you were very young. Yeah, I think of you as being, uh, you were like 18 or something, weren't you? 17, 18 when you started. Yeah, yeah. I remember you at those gigs, Lion's Den gigs, 10 years ago. At as the, a young, as a very young man. Then, yeah. <laughs> Cross keys, yeah. Yeah. And now, so Duffy, your yeah. show now, that's a story show, isn't it? So it's different from the usual stand-up shows you do. What? Sorry? The show you're doing now, Duffer, isn't that more of a story show, right? So it's different from the kind of stand-up gigs you normally do or the kind of shows you normally do. Well, so with, with all sorts of maintaining narrative and story uh, throughout it, but certainly this one, uh, more sort of personal story and, like, Okay, it's obviously fine. This is a bad line. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really bad line. Um, um, maybe it's not your fault, and we it's could not... have got you in probably as well, which is what uh, makes. <laughs> it's, it's not your fault, and it's certainly not our fault. Uh, we've been let down again by uh, our producer and technology. Um, we've been let down by the the gremlins, uh, but. Um, I mean, that didn't help, Nat. So, um, well, <laughs> uh, I think we're just... Uh, sorry, I hear we're going to end the conversation. <laughs> That's all right. We're going to terminate the conversation. <laughs> but, um, but just say, you're on tour at the moment. Uh, uh, he's been going for just as long as me, so he's just as good as me as a comedian. Um, so don't you worry about quality. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's, doing, uh, he's doing this... Hundred uh, Hearts. Amazing night of comedy uh, at the London Palladium on the 13th of February, the day before Valentine's Day, so get in there uh, one day before Valentine's Day because you know that if you go there on Valentine's Day it's going to be absolutely rammed with couples. <laughs> and, and, um, and everyone's got like vouchers. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there'll be a guy selling flowers, uh, overpriced. Uh, but So go and see it on the 13th and go and, go and see Angus Deaton do some stand-up. Yeah. In a cat costume. I think that's mental. Yeah. And tickets from £35 from londonpalladium.co.uk. Thanks for coming on. Thank here. you for coming on. I mean, that's just not... That was a perfect, perfect end to a terrible, a terrible interview. Uh, no, no, no. He's still here, Natalie. Can you just do it? I mean, we've got uh, technology. We've got no... Have I done it? I've pressed the button. Now it's red. He's gone. He has gone. I mean, I d uh, that was bloody awful. He's in fucking. <laughs> he's in fucking. Stratford. He's in East. He's a stop on for me. Shredded wheat. He's in the East London. London. He's in East oh. London. You, we could have had him in. Mm. Oh, because if that's the case, if that's what we're doing now, Natalie, just getting people from down the road, then I might as well just phone in. <laughs> right. The one thing that I've never done is phoned in a fucking show, except for two weeks ago. But the pills, man, they were so strong. Um, but, <laughs> to be fair, I'm phoning in this one, I think. I mean, <laughs> I've never phoned in a single fucking show, Natalie. 
<laughs> for those of you that uh, that are listening at home, Go to I am narrowing my eyes at Nathaniel with the implication that he has phoned in a couple of these shows, but never me. No. So that's what really annoyed me about that fucking one-star review, him kissing your fucking ass yeah. and him saying about uncle. Yeah. You know, you wish you had uncle, mate. Not you, the one-star well, I guy. I do wish I had a, a No, time. you don't. It's an albatross. It hangs around your neck. What? Why is the... Who's, <laughs> Who's this now? Has Nathaniel just hung up on me? <laughs> Has Fubula just hung up on me? I even put the fucking fader. Oh, it's that one. It's the wrong line. All right, fine. You showed uh, me one. Oh. Go and see a. It's two a minutes to. So go good. and see a here. Go and see a here. It's great. Good. And go and see a night of one hundred hearts. Oh I me, mean, come on, mate. Nights of comedy. Just have it in front of you and read it off. Phil McIntyre Entertainment presents. Well, that's why I wasn't booked. A hundred hearts <laughs> night of comedy, starring. Phil McIntyre acts. So, um, it's all for a good cause. What's the cause? It's uh, an Irish group of girls. So, <laughs> and one, one boy as well. And one boy, Jim. Jim, Jim Core. Jim Core. The drummer. Is he the drummer? Mm. Is he the bass player? I think he's a drummer. Oh, do you know what? I think I know less about the cause than I think I do. I'm not 100% on that. Which the lineup is, of the cause. Yeah. Okay. Um, if uh, any of you have any thoughts on the cause, uh, please phone in. I remember uh, in the 90s, the papers, when they talk about the cause, it would always be the cause, or as I call them, the cause, <laughs> wouldn't it? That's what they'd always say about them. Yeah. The cause. Yeah. Cause. Yeah. yeah. The cause. Cause. <laughs> 90s newspapers, I miss them, innit? Yeah, yeah, they're great. I miss they? them. I missed him. Let's count down to when Hermione's 16. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, wasn't Fucking that. hell. Just absolutely. Let's count down to when <laughs> Laura Church is legal. You go like, oh, right. Yeah, okay, sure. Oh, God. That's absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. The 12 year old star of Harry Potter. Let's, let's count down to when we can fuck her. You go, oh, right. Okay. And then yeah. they have the nerve. To, to have a go at Rolf Harris for waving at some children. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Oh, my God. The world is fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, keep it. Right. Yeah, but, like, but that's the thing. People are so judgmental. But, like, uh, if, if you look back at the state of newspapers in the 90s, I mean, literally, no, oh, yeah, one, no. no one has a leg to fucking stand no, no, on. No, absolutely. One absolutely. of the most disgusting... It's an a, a absolute blot on the history of uh, newspapers, the whole countdown stuff that they did with Laura Church and... Uh, I can't Charlotte remember Church. Name. Charlotte Church. And uh, Laura Church was a girl who went to school with. <laughs> we were actually counting that down. <laughs> um, so, Charlotte, Charlotte Church and... Uh, what's um, uh, Emma Watson? Yeah, anyway, it's just... Disgraceful. It's disgraceful. But oh, we're told that Jim Core played guitar, piano, keyboards, vocals, and was the oldest member of the cause. Do you mean oldest member by age, or he was the, he was the first guy the that joined first it. guy that joined the cause? So that suggests he's got no <laughs> mates, and his band was just entirely made up of his own sisters. Jim Core played guitar, piano, keyboards. I mean, I would just say piano or keyboards. I wouldn't mm. say piano and keyboards. I think he's trying to build his part. Oh. And keyboards. That's a bit like I'm, I do running and jogging. <laughs> and walking. <laughs> do them all. Um, okay, so we're going to play a song now. Uh, I'm going to tell you how it is. 
I'm going to play a song now, mm-hmm. and we're going to go next door. We're going to meet our next guest, and then we're going to bring him on, and then we're going to have a good old time. <laughs> <laughs> I can only guarantee two of those, <laughs> two of those three options. Right. So, uh, what, what song am I playing? What one? Oh fuck! Look, I just need your assistance here, Natalie. I Is it don't, my one? I don't need you to when you when you when you pipe up to have that much attitude. Right? I'm genuinely asking a question. I'm scared. I'm con- I'm scared and confused. And we're on live radio. I just want to uh, just press the right button, Dave. Oh, Dave Edmonds. Dave Edmonds. Girls talk. Is this your yeah. choice? Girls talk. Girls talk. Girls talk. Girls talk. Girls talk. Girls talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick and Nat's fan club on Fubar Radio. Uh, <laughs> we're back. Did we take a photo? We did take a photo, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did take a photo. Well, we're joined in the studio now uh, by comedian uh, Laura Lex. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> uh, we've just realised that we shared a venue ten years ago yeah. at the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. Uh, it's wh- interesting because we like we've never met, or we've sort of uh, no. Laura's met Nick briefly. In well, we sh- <laughs> we, we we would have seen each other every day for an entire month. Yeah. Ten years ago, and then at Macfest we shared a dressing room. Yeah, yeah, last year. Was that at the Tabernacle? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what anything. Have you ever called. done Mac before? Yeah. Was, was, yeah. Yeah. What room was I in? In the courtyardy bit. In the. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that was just before I did my uh, work in progress that you came to see. Oh yeah. Where I'd just done the Reluctant Landlord, and uh, I hadn't had any time to write. A show, yeah. But so I he's talked about having some foe in uh, Birmingham Station. That's something <laughs> for an hour, yeah, um, <laughs> because that's what I'd just done on my way to the Huntleth. Uh, and it was, it, it was well, an hour about the train train journey had just had. <laughs> it was it was not a good hour. And then you were in the uh, you were in the dressing room, and then you did your show in Macfest. Yeah. How did that go? Macfest was quite hard actually because it went all right, but you know when something goes all right, but you think. Oh fuck, and that's Mac people only being all right. Yes. So if that had been normal people, that yeah. would have been painful. So it's yeah, a, it's, sure. It's a, a festival that's got a reputation for being very lovely and yeah. very kind of pro yeah. sort of comedy fans. So yeah, people so are like primed to enjoy it. Yeah. You know that what you've made is not. They, they're really sure. trying to help you with it. But what I would say about that is that reputation I think stems from the first two three, to yeah. three years. Yeah. And I think yeah because I. In my head, I always think, oh, Mac, that's lovely. Uh, and it is a lovely festival. Don't get me mm. wrong. Our friend Henry Widdicombe runs it. And uh, it's, a, it's a great festival that, you know, we did like the first year. Yeah, how's their first And year? the first couple of three years, as an act, they were magical. There's only like four rooms there. And yeah. then it's got bigger and bigger. Mm. And in actual fact, um, the audiences have become increasingly... Uh, uh, hard to please, <laughs> or, or just have reasonable expectations. <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. Quite yeah. reasonable expectations of paying money to see something for an hour uh, and hoping they might get uh, something like more. Than, ah, Whereas bastards. I think the first three years, people were just happy to be there. Yeah, they really and, did feel uh, like it. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think that it's not just uh, 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 it's not just you that thinks that. I think it is. I think as an act, it is actually quite a difficult because um, they didn't like me for that hour. There was a woman that was furious <laughs> with me. I think she was just really hungry, and we're in McCuntleth, and there isn't a foe there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So probably that's uh, or a fur. 
fur. I think it's it fur. is fur. I have no idea. It's fur. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, uh, what was the name of that show that you did at the Rat Trying. Pack? At the Rat- oh, at the Rat Pack? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Banterland. Banterland. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh, that probably seemed all right mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was just when Banter was just coming over the horizon of being a fun new word for people to play with. Yeah, right. Um, but what's Banterland? Like Wonderland? I guess so. I don't and was know. it just a split hour a stand-up? Or? Yeah, there were four of us, five of us, because I think I replaced someone for the second two weeks of the run, and we'd all done stand-up together at uni. And, and was then, it a uni show? Did you come from uni? To... Y- yeah, we weren't affiliated with the university. They made it quite clear. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but but we had all been on the same but like course. Were at, you at, at uni? Uh, were you uni age at the time? Just left, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, that must have been the year I graduated. So, yeah, like 21, 22, mm. just, yeah. And were you young enough and keen enough that you had a brilliant time? Or was it one of those things where it just destroyed everything? No, I think we had a really good time, f- from what I remember. Like, I, I, I didn't do the full month, so I did, like, two weeks. But we, li- we lived in Leith, so it was getting the bus in and out that's every day. That's what we like, did that's that year. The, the new, like, how, you know, when you really don't understand how the festival works. Yeah. But I think it was all right. We had a good time. Because it was a PBH venue, wasn't it? So yeah. we had all had, uh, you weren't there for the first week then. But we all had to meet up on the first, all the acts met up on the first uh, week it was at the Rat Pat Piano Bar um, uh, and the guy that ran it was a guy called Mark and he was really lovely we've and just really, we've, handsome. We've, we've, really, well, really, really handsome we've kept in contact and tell I, him he's really handsome well um, he's probably <laughs> listening uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah he was uh, we've kept in contact I don't, can't remember the last time I saw him but every time I go it was like every time I went up to Edinburgh mm. I saw him um, and oh he played guitar for me on the last day because he was a really nice. good musician, um, uh, and still is. Uh, but uh, why, why am I saying this? So we, on the first day we had to put the curtains up on the thing because it was just an it was a bar and I it was like an that. open bar with no <laughs> chairs. So the first day we had to put all the Burned curtains up, and then uh, there wasn't any stage lighting. So I went out and I bought um, two desk lights and yes. put them on the floor and shone them up so that it made it feel like a stage, and then. Uh, yeah, it was in the, it was right at the end. If you think of like Princess Street, it's Princess Street, yeah. isn't it? If you think of Princess Street like an arm, it was just at the elbow, yeah. away from civilization, <laughs> and that's where we down were. in that little cellar. In the cellar, we're at that cellar bar, and so that was where me and Laura were performing, and then you, Nathaniel, were performing. Further uh, away, just like t- towards the forearm. Yes, you? yeah. But, but and we were miles away from where anything else yeah. in the festival was happening. And it was so hard to fly there. Like my memory of that year is trying to fly like round that area, which is really out of the tourist. Yeah. It was pointless. Mm. It and was somebody telling pointless. me to go home because I was making Edinburgh dirty. Yeah, flying <laughs> <laughs> and just feeling like oh. Like some days it would be like you'd maybe three or four people had walked past yeah. the hour before, and you'd just be. Yeah. Uh, it was it oh, was, it was grim as anything really and you'd sort of get to that point where you'd almost wish you didn't have three people because you felt like you'd probably have to do yeah, it yeah yeah whereas if it was just one or none then you could be like oh well we'll go home yeah, yeah. I, did, I did quite well audience wise oh shut that, up thank you it's because you gave up free hugs, if I remember correctly. Oh fuck you! I did never, <laughs> I never gave out free fucking hugs. Fucking hell! Although no, no offense to the comedians that do that, but oh god. 
I would feel creepy doing that. <laughs> well, now you would, but back then, <laughs> back then, they were, I was not giving out fucking free hugs. And uh, it, let's just say I was giving out free hugs. I hardly think that what what that. It was standing room only, a room full of people <laughs> just, just because they were be waiting hugging. for a hug. They all looked really annoyed because they had to s- sit through an hour of excellent comedy <laughs> to just get to the point at the end when I hugged them all as they left. I don't think so, Laura. Um, it's almost remarkable we haven't run into each other more. Yeah. I do know what, because I don't live in London. It took me a really long Where'd time you to live? do anything. Brighton. Oh. It took me ages to do stuff in London. And I find the gigs in London are the hardest ones to, like, get in with unless you don't want money where did you um, go to where did you go to uni canterbury so but were you born in brighton no somerset oh that's a nice place yeah. as well isn't it i've moved around a bit i did live in london for a bit but then i lived in I brighton just, for a bit I, was, I lived in brighton for a year it was the oh, worst yeah. year of my life oh. uh no uh sorry that's changed now second worst year <laughs> second worst year of my life um yeah i think my year living in charlton was probably the worst year of my life what's the worst year of your life nat um, it's coming. Uh, I'd say probably nineteen in two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> I was going to say nineteen ninety nine. I would say twenty fourteen was my worst year. Why is but, that? Oh, everything oh. went wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, that was my two thousand and five when I lived in Brighton, <laughs> and then two thousand and fifteen or fourteen again. That was a terrible year. Mm. Same snap. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, mine would either be twenty. 17 oh. or or 2009 yeah. I mean this sounds like a horrible link but yeah. given that you've got a show about you, having a f- miserable year yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'd yeah. imagine this seems but like a it was that as bad as the mouse infested house and the <laughs> police yeah. escorts home whenever oh, they you, played football Nathaniel can't, I found this out the other day Nathaniel uh, is terrified of mice yeah absolutely Why? phobic I can't handle it I have a very specific fear of mice, and it's a fear that they will get in me while I'm asleep. Mm. Um, See, that's not... I I, I do think the same things, but it's not a fear. It's more of a wish. Every time, I, every, every time yeah. I go to bed, mm. uh, I, I, uh, I just sleep with my ass in the air, and I think maybe tonight will be the night that the mice will get me. Smeared up with peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And some kitchen roll, the actual oh. cardboard inner of a kitchen roll. Fucking. Are you afraid of all mice? mice? Like I love what watching mice on the on the underground, like when you're waiting for the train. I don't. That's I can, when I can, we I can handle it. But that's okay. when we found out, wasn't it? Because we were getting the tube together, and there was a mouse on the underground, and you sort of got a bit tense. Wasn't that when oh, you yeah, found probably, out? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or were I we don't talking like about it? it? I, I mean, I'm always talking about it. I think. I no, just think, I've, been, oh, really? I've known you for twelve well, I guess years, if I can and see I've never one, known that. And I, I'll go like, <laughs> I'm like that. <laughs> I'm like that with uh, with some things, but I, I would never say that publicly, so that people don't put them in an envelope and send them to me. Okay. Well, please don't send me any mice in an envelope. Um, oh no. No, but they wouldn't send a mouse in an envelope, would they? Well, they could send a dead one. I see. I wouldn't even want to see a dead one. I find them creepy. Ass. Oh my god! Stop it! Oh, stop it! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that's, technically, that's a rat. That's a rat, Natalie. Isn't it? Uh, but uh, oh my god, that's a that is horrible. That is a horrible. It's, uh, it's an illustration as well, though. Yeah, but I didn't like it. <laughs> no, I didn't like it either. Uh, N- N- Natalie was tooling with us. You were in a mouse-infested <laughs> house. Mm. Yeah, we Ooh. moved into a house off Gumtree as the like first house out of uni. You know, when you just go and just have to be in London near the gigs, and you just live anywhere, and it was horrible. Where was it? Charlton oh, Village. Yeah. Charlton Village. 
So I, I used to I... say Greenwich. Right, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't Greenwich. It was, yeah. When you say infested, what are oh, talking? Yeah, so like talk us through this Oh, it's just horrible. It was one of those ones with, like, the me- the electricity on a meter card. So you had to, um, like, we'd just ascent- have power cuts all the time. And if the news agents wasn't home, oh, well, we were just cold and in the dark until it was. Mm. And then, like, we lived with all these strangers. And, and I had this... Oh, it was just, they were not pleasant. They really hated me and loved my housemate that I'd moved in with. And then, like, we had Lino in the bedroom, and then this mouse, like, there were several mice. And then one night, this mouse got stuck in the bin and couldn't get out. And I was just lying in bed, like, too scared to go and help it get out of the bin in case it got on me, but also too scared to fall asleep because all I could hear was this mouse, like, pinballing around the bin. Mm. Oh, it was oh, a horrible house. Yeah, that sounds. Disgusting. It sounds yeah. like I, my house and Seven Sisters that I lived with uh, my friend Rich. Um, uh, we had mice, and also we didn't have any money, so and we had different lives. I did comedy at night, and he worked. Uh, he did night shifts, so when I was, so he was working like twelve-hour night shifts. So he'd do sort of like uh, four o'clock in the morning till four o'clock in the afternoon just as I was sort of leaving the house to go to a gig and then he would kind of so yeah but we had mice uh, and he used to smoke a lot of weed and I used to drink a lot so we had like very different lifestyles but we both used to smoke cigarettes and we did, we were lazy and we didn't do anything about the mice we just had mice going around oh, so no. we both smoked cigarettes <laughs> we were just trying to kill them all with passive, <laughs> passive smoking <laughs> <laughs> Uh, playing the long game. Great, yeah, playing the long game. We'll get them. We'll get them one day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those were the glory days. Oh God! All gone. I now. actually find those stories even make me. Yeah, oh. sorry. We've just oh, no, kind of no, gone. No, What's no, your no, biggest no, no. fear? Let's chat about it. What about <laughs> that footage of uh, Amy Winehouse with the mice in her head? Did you not like what? that? I've never. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, this is this is Pete Doherty and Amy Winehouse used to keep mice in Amy's hair. What are you talking about? What? It's like a, <laughs> it's a video. Actual... It's a video. And Amy Winehouse had uh, mice a going mice around her hair. In her hair. Mm. What she, in real life? It. This yeah, is a joke. In, no, in real life. Oh, but gosh. was it a pet mouse? Probably. Oh, it looks like it's a pet mouse, and she puts it in a... Yeah, but I've never seen this picture before. I have oh, seen... well, that picture's got a cage, so it lives in a cage sometimes, and then... Okay. Mm. I've never seen sometimes. it with a cage. I just knew that she used to put mice in her hair. And then, and then they, they released the video online, and everyone was horrified by it. But, uh, Look at those tiny little mice. God, they are tiny, aren't they? Yeah. Still, disgusting. Size of a fingertip. Absolutely horrible. Mate. Still, yeah. Size of a fingertip? Yeah, but those are baby mice. Oh, OK. Mm. Yeah. You can see the picture. See how small they are. Oh, sorry, you probably can't see the picture. Oh, yeah, they're tiny. Tiny, tiny mice. I don't want those in my hair, thank you. No, but I don't think she put those in. She let them grow up a bit and then she put them in in her hair. Anyway, so... So, so, so you're doing a show at the moment <laughs> called Trying, yes? Yeah, yeah. And it's on at the Soho Theatre, London, on the 20th to the 23rd of February yeah. at 7.30pm. If yeah, you get there at 7.30am, then you'll be 12 hours early. 7.30pm is perfect. I don't want to go and see something at uh, 10 o'clock, come out at 11 o'clock, and then that's I've got to go home. No, I don't that week, because the trains from Brighton aren't working, so... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all I am right. quite happy to be on a train at nine. Uh, Brighton was the place where my dreams went to die, so let's not keep going on about I'm Brighton. I'm so sorry, but, I feel uh, really personally responsible so for this. I don't feel personally responsible for it, but I, 
I imagine that you, you're in like the mix there sorry. somewhere. But um, <laughs> but 7.30 is great because you come out at 8.30 and then you go for a drink in the bar yeah. afterwards and you have a little chat. Don't don't you worry about 7.30. I love it. But are you worried that it'll be a thing where you, you know you've got to get, to back, yeah, get back to Brighton but you might have some friends show up at the gig. Oh, I don't think so. You know when you're at a stage with a show where you've rinsed your friends coming to right, see okay. it as many possible times okay. as you can. You like, this that. is the bit where it's only people I do not know coming. Okay. <laughs> my, my friend John, who I was best man at his wedding, and I've known him since uh, secondary school, uh, he came to see Fuckfest, and I think it was the, uh, this year, and I think it's the first time he's ever seen me live. Right. Really? <laughs> and I've known him all my life. So I think you say it. Really fun there, though. Like when you? somebody likes you and gives as much of a shit about your career as you do about theirs. Uh, sure, but or you could look at it from the. He's only going to come and see me when he knows that I'm going to be good. Mm. Sure. So he's left it 15 years. And you picked sensible friends then that don't want to sit through. Yeah, but they're not supporting you in the difficult early years, are they? They're just yeah. literally glory hounds jumping on, <laughs> jumping in on an already full bandwagon. Thank Slap you, John. Them up there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your show about? Um, it's about depression and not being able to have a baby. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> might might give that one a miss. Yeah, seven thirty is too early for this kind of bullshit. No, is it tough to promote then because of that? Can you go on things yeah. like this and go? Yeah, it's really tough to promote unless you want an audience of people that are nodding already and going, "Oh, that sounds very, very worthy and right. worth my time." So trying to get an audience of people that actually want an hour of stand-up is the hard thing. Because I found this in Edinburgh that because I've never done a show that was personal before. The first week I was having a great time and everybody when I got to the bit where I was like about 10 minutes in I went this is what's happened this is what we're going to talk about people going oh alright then and then as the reviews and stuff start to come out then you start getting audience of people going hello darling and what, what's your it. pain they ruin it yeah and then I've got 10 minutes at the top of all this like really bright bubbly like boop 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 here we go and the whole show is really quite high octane it's not it's not like thought provoking and let's sit quietly it's, it's mostly like quite edged like dark jokes and it just so that's what's difficult is trying to convince people that it is about depression and stuff and it's not like a here's 40 minutes on growing up in the 90s and then I'll reveal it with 15 minutes to go and we'll do four yeah, jokes yeah. about it it's the whole show's about it but it is I promise it's stand up it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. like of course but also misery. I think that people misinterpret uh, people's people with problems where you go oh I've I've, I've written a show about depression but that doesn't mean that it's a depressing show about yeah. depression. Yeah. Mm. I think you can still be really funny and light about your own experiences just because things are issue-based. And if, if you go through... Uh, depre I experience depression, and I, I, I write checks about it to help me deal with it. But also, it doesn't mean that I walk around being miserable about it. It's just kind of like... I've got a different attitude. I'm not precious about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think people just automatically assume that, uh, like, for instance, if you've got an eating disorder, then it's kind of like, well, we've got to creep around that and we yeah, can't really no. discuss the eating disorder because it might actually upset you. I mean, I've had eating disorders in the past and I think you, you, you just think people walk on eggshells around you because they're worried to bring it up. But in actual fact, I've got... a quite an open attitude towards that yeah. stuff because I've dealt with it. Yeah. Also, I think, like, there's... The thing I found, like, with that Mac preview last year, that there's there was a real danger with this show early on where I was doing previews and trying to be too positive... <coughs> 
to counterbalance the subject and I looked like you know when you meet a bloke that's just got divorced he's going yeah. I never liked the bitch I'm fine like and yeah. going way OTT trying to be happy the best it. time of my life yeah. <laughs> I've never been happier I can have sex every night of the week now <laughs> in my car if I pay for it <laughs> so if I, I think like a few times like, that's how I was coming across and, but and, was that this is probably maybe too but is that also was there an element to you to it where you were feeling a bit like that yeah too. probably like trying because I've never done any stand-up like this before my stand-up mm. is always so cheerful and like boop boop do stupid voices running around playing little scenes out and games and things and I like that and so there was this thing of not quite knowing what the persona and the voice and was and what the level is you've yeah. just got to find the yeah. level of what's the right amount yeah. but you can't do things going I'm fine no really yeah. I'm fine and you don't end up doing an impression of another comedian so you're trying mm. to work out how you do it but then also like reassuring and I've got that awful stand up thing of telling an audience how they feel you know and you start going uh, you guys yeah. aren't enjoying this are you and oh, then they right, start yeah. going are we not oh yeah we're probably not are we I do that all the time that's <laughs> weird because you know generally they are enjoying yeah. it yes, and, they, and they get upset with you because yeah. they're just like oh fuck you yeah. I am enjoying it actually <laughs> I think that happens a lot at previews in general though yeah. right that people are kind of enjoying it but but because you know it's not as good as it ought to be yeah. you're ashamed you're, kind of, you're, you're ashamed. ashamed of yourself you shouldn't have left the house that day whatever you've got on offer for these people is pathetic and uh, you regret all of your life Does this decisions. To me personally? Yeah, I'm talking. Sorry, not, <laughs> this isn't directed anywhere near you, Lex. Uh, I just wanted to. I just wanted to uh, just to bring something up with Nathaniel here. You went to a preview. So it came to a preview and was furious. Well, I'm just really pissed off about this one-star review we got earlier, uh, saying that you were hilarious on that podcast. I think it's absolutely fucking gobsmacking. If I'm honest, I went all Josh Whittacombe there. It's absolutely gobsmacking. Um, it's so, interesting as well that you said that you were saying in Edinburgh once reviews are out you got audiences that almost wanted it to be like mm. a sort of oh it's just it's a, it's a double edged sword though isn't it yeah, you need the rev- it's, it's good to have reviews that you can put them on the poster but so many of them just I'm not going to name them but so many of them just literally describe what happens yeah. it's just like just give us a fucking poster quote and let us staple it on and yeah. then you know and, and then that synergy isn't it yeah an interesting thing about like somebody wrote a defense of like reviewing comedy about how comedy was the hardest thing to review because comedians don't want them giving away the the jokes and stuff and then they compared it to reviewing a book and how like a book wouldn't mind if you said the themes in it and I was kind of thinking about it and thinking like comedians don't mind if you say the themes but when you give away a joke a a, a stand-up show is kind of made up of about 90 different plot twists that's the point of a joke a joke is always a plot twist so if you'd written a book and someone gave away any of the three plot twists you'd be furious and it's the same with a show you've put in all of those plot twists for a certain Mm. reason and if any one of them falls flat the whole rhythm changes so you cannot give away a single punchline or reveal from one of these shows because the dynamic is so delicate in an hour of stand-up it's so hard to keep people interested that's why they should be 40 minutes not an hour and and, and if you give away any of those just the whole thing yeah. changes well, I, agree. Really I, hard. I agree and it's a bit like uh, you know um, oh yeah uh, go and see The Sixth Sense if you like films where the main character is a ghost because <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> he gets shot at the beginning yeah. um, but, um, but the, and the other thing is what is the point in ruining a joke yeah, because the, the, I think the point of ruining a joke is so that you can somehow bask in the glory of that joke by telling it secondhand. Yeah. Mm. There's absolutely no reason to ruin a joke in a review. Uh, and but what 
what is what is basically giving away the joke going to add to mm. the show? Yeah. You're basically going, oh God, it was a good joke, so I'm going to kind of like. Uh, but I think that there's some reviewers, and not all of them. Like obviously, a lot of them. Oh, there are some doing. excellent reviewers, yeah. and there are some awful reviewers, <laughs> and we'll let them work out who they are. <laughs> But I don't like those when they do the top ten best jokes of the fringe things. Mm. And again, I know well, that's I, a PR. I, I won the day well, That's Award. why. That's why I mean it's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. um. fuck, fuck you, hilarious. And I was doing bunny ears. <laughs> Uh, for the listeners at home, um, I won the David Award, yes. and everyone was like, "Going, oh, you've won!" And all of it, I, did, I didn't enter a fucking competition. Yes. They came along. They they sat in the dark, wrote one of my jokes down, put it on the internet, and didn't ask me. I didn't know anything about it. Sure, I won a thousand pounds and bought a laptop, <laughs> but I mean, I couldn't use that joke anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I got loads of abuse from people because I'd won. A, I'd but won that's the it. Because when they when they publish them out out of context, it's like a joke, and people go, well, "That's not that funny." Yeah, and it's because. Yeah. The person that's seen it and put it in that list has seen the comedian telling that joke in the context of all these other things, and it's and it's also you know if you if you took if you told a joke that Harry Hill did, you'd probably be like, well, that's not that great. Yeah, it's because Harry Hill's told it in a way that's funny. Exactly, because he's brings something to it that elevates that joke from what would be like you know essentially like a children's joke or totally. something, and then suddenly it's sort of brilliant because he's sort of Harry Hill yeah. telling that joke. It doesn't, they're not jokes that necessarily work out of context. No. Which is the whole point of what kind of stand-ups are, right? They're not, it's not like you could give them a script to anyone and say, read that, and people no. would be like, oh, it's funny. But that's what's so cool about live comedy, I think. I, I really think live comedy is just the best art form because it's so straight up between, like, a whole room full of people. And I love, you know, when you're in a club gig or something and somebody suddenly takes offence and kicks off and they are so sure that you've been racist or sexist or whatever you've been. And the rest of the audience and you are all going, what? How have you got that out of this? <laughs> but this person's incensed and you think, like, if even in this dynamic of one person saying a thing and you can hear it, no second telling, you've understood it to be a totally different thing than these 300 other people this is where reported tellings of jokes and shows and x and blah that's how you understand how everything goes mental it's because mm. you're like well pe people just do not think in the same way and stuff suddenly becomes something it never was yeah mm. and it is an art form it bloody is so we're gonna play a song now <laughs> Um, oh, but um, speaking of uh, hecklers, I watched uh, Norm Macdonald uh, deal with uh, a teacher in his audience that was heckling him. Uh, uh, long story short, I'll just tell you how it ends. Uh, no, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> two stars. Uh, two stars. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, it's really funny. He's doing a routine about teachers and then a teacher gets offended and... <laughs> It's really funny. Google it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to play... Uh, what's, your, what's, your, what's, your, what's this song that you've picked for us, Laura? I, I don't know. What have I picked? Everlasting Love. Oh, that's a nice song. Yeah, that's just a nice, cheerful song for a Friday. Is that why you picked it? Yeah, I like it. Okay. Uh, normally it's meant to be... <laughs> you look so furious. Well, normally it's meant to be your favourite song. That should have been explained to you by now. Oh, I don't really like music, but yeah, this can be my favourite song. What? I don't really like music. It's totally my favourite song. Oh my god! Oh ever. my god! So you're the sort of person that would go to uh, a, a music night because I always talk, talk about big value comedy, and, <laughs> and it was just like it's a big value comedy. Oh, it yeah. should be good value comedy, but never mind. But big value comedy is value, and there's a lot of it. <laughs> um, but uh, and I was on in the middle, and people hated me. And you go, yeah, but it's still comedy. It's just not the sort of comedy yeah, that you like. Yeah. And I always think about... And the what value is, if you like the other two, 
That's free, isn't it? Dun, dun, it's two for one. Dun, 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 well, that's what I, I did a gig with Josh Whitcomb and James Acaster once at the Lyric Theatre in Hammersmith. And this guy came up to me and he said, you are the worst comedian I've ever seen. <laughs> so in front of my girlfriend's parents as well. He came up to me and goes, he was just shaking with rage, going, you are the worst comedian I've ever seen. I'm absolutely furious. I just, you just that, that, whatever that was was not comedy. And I said, yeah, but the other two were good, weren't they? And he was, that pissed him off even more. He's going, what do you want me to do? You didn't like me. But the other two were good, weren't they? He goes, what? And I said, well, I'm terribly sorry, but it's still early, so if you go home now, you could probably get something else out of your evening. <laughs> you know? I mean, that seems like, I don't know what else you could say, really. I was so reasonable. He wasn't expecting me to be reasonable. It's just like, just go home, well, you know, but the other two were good. And if you get, it was like 7.30, it was an early gig. So it's 7.30 now, so if you went home, you can still save your evening. That's a lack <laughs> of comprehension, isn't it? That's assuming that three things on a thing have all got to suit you and no understanding that if all three suit you, somebody else didn't like all three of them yeah yeah. but I think people can't see out of their own no. uh, especially what, with comedy yeah. it makes them furious it's you the idea that someone that else likes play. something you wouldn't do that with a play yeah. in actual fact bad theatre or a theatre or a play that you didn't like leads to uh, an, uh, an intellectual discussion, yeah. discussion yeah. afterwards yeah. Yeah. where you go well what was it about the themes that you didn't like about that, that piece of theatre and then you have like a debate about it uh, but with comedy it's like oh my god you know, we've all been there. Yeah. So I'm going to play a song now. It's um, my favourite. You don't know. My point was that I always tried to think about with big value what would be the equivalent when people come up to you and they're angry with that they didn't like any of the comedy. It's just like it's like going to like uh, big value music night, and then it's all opera, and you go, oh, I don't like opera. Yeah. Hmm. But I always thought, well, what's the different? Is there an audience for that? And maybe you're the audience because you don't like music. You don't like music. I just don't listen to it very much. I'm the same. I only <laughs> listen to Alice Cooper. Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Fubar Radio. So that was the song that you picked because you don't really like music, uh, <laughs> and you just thought, why not that one? But what's the other thing about that song? Um, it was the first dance at my wedding. There you go. Open with that yeah. one next time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so what are you a fan of, Laura? We're joined in the studio by Laura Lex. Yeah. No, I think uh, on iTunes they just cut the songs. Yes, I do. So yeah. I don't really need to keep reintroducing us, do I? I no. like it though. But my name's Nick Helm and this is <laughs> and you're listening to First Rule of Fan Club is tell, tell your friends, friends about, about fan, club. fan Club. Second rule of fan club is please for the Love of God. Love of God, please, please tell your friends, friends about Fan Club. Okay. Please tell your friends about Fan Club. Uh, I've got uh, I'm joined here in the studio by Ridley's Games Room Movie Buff Quiz. Uh, I'm gonna Wrigley's. Wrigley Scott's Old Wrigley Oh you guys <laughs> Wrigley Scott here. He's the uh, obviously the famous worm director. It does take some explaining. Right. Uh, he's the famous worm director. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Of uh, Alien, <laughs> Alien Covenant. <laughs> 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 uh, Wormand uh, was uh, legend. Yeah. Okay. And worm runner. <laughs> Got it. Uh, obviously. And uh, Thelma and Worm. Yeah. 
that's Wrigley Rig- Scott. He directed all of those classics, and of course, a- Alien Covenant. So, uh, <laughs> so here's a question: Do you know anything about films or anything like that? Not loads. Not loads. Well, actually, I do a weird niche film knowledge because I had to do a movie quiz podcast for a couple of years. Oh, so hang on. It's all learned, though. It's, it's not that I've seen the films; it's that I had to research it to write the questions. Okay. Why? Because I, Why did you do that? Because I do an improv show called Comedian Cinema Club where we recreate films. Yeah. And so I had to do like one of the podcast arms of it for a bit and I did a quiz because I like quizzes. Who does uh, Comedian Cinema? Isn't it? Eric and Matt. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And it's got the CCC, yeah. like the uh, OCP uh, Corporation yes, yeah. thing from Robocop. That's fan club. That's fan club. That's the logo. Uh, the, the Silence of the Lambs is based on a book by which writer? Oh, t- Thomas Harris? Is it A, Thomas Harris? Oh. Is it B, Dan Brown? C, Stephen King? D, Tom Clancy? Yeah, it's Thomas Harris. Yes. Okay. Yes. Matt Damon portrays a rugby player from which country in Invictus? Sydney Is it A, Australia? B, England? C, New Zealand? Or D, South Africa? Yes, it was South Africa. Uh, we're going to keep going this until you get it wrong. Which what is the first name of Ripley, Sigourney Weaver's character in Alien? Oh. Do you want the uh, uh, multiple choice? Yes, I do. Is it A, Ellen, B, Eloise, C, Erica, or D, Elizabeth? I think it's A, Ellen. Oh, yes. 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 Will Ferrell stars in which 2003 Christmas movie? Elf. Mikey Mouth, Data and Chunk characters <laughs> in which movie? Mikey Mouth. Mikey? Oh. Mouth, Data or Data and Chunk oh, right, characters okay. in which I got movie? it. Back in the room. Back in the room. I'll need the options. Is it A, The Goonies? B, Back to the Future? C, Toy Story? D, E, T? The Goonies. Yes, correct. <laughs> Um, which movie is about oil drillers trying to destroy an asteroid headed for Earth? Oh, Armageddon. Absolutely. The Sound of Music is set in which European country? Austria. Well, you're, I, Mrs. I don't know anything about fucking <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which actress plays Dana Barrett in uh, Ghostbusters? Sigourney Weaver. Now I'm a believer. Yes. Joe Pesci plays Tommy DeVito in which mafia movie? Goodfellas? <laughs> these are fucking easy. These, <laughs> these are, are easy. If I've got these right, these are You're easy. No, I own. think you do now. Mr. And Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Smith stars Angelina Jolie <laughs> alongside which <laughs> actor? Uh, Bradius Pittus. You could have also had a Vince Vaughn. What, <laughs> what is the call sign of Tom Cruise's character in Top Gun? Maverick? Mm. Oh, it's a boring game. It's such a boring game. What is the name of the cotton plantation in Gone with the Wind? Oh, that's a fucking hard one. Tara. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wouldn't have got you that. You could have had... Lara, Cara, <laughs> Tara, or Zara? No, which God is my witness? Would you have got that, Nick? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, have got that. I wouldn't have got that at all. Spacecraft Nostromo appears in which movie? 
Oh, that's alien, isn't it? I mean, it's a very Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, it is. Round. Who wrote well, the original the songs for The Lion King? Oh, Tim Rice. And? Uh. And? <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber? I don't know. No. Well, no. Is it A, Andrew Lloyd Webber? Is it B, Elton John and Tim Rice? Is it C, John Williams? Or D, George Michael? Oh, Elton John and Tim Rice then. Yes. Uh, because it was B, Elton John, I almost read Ben Elton. Mind <laughs> <laughs> you, know, he did write a musical, didn't he? Yeah. The, 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 the beautiful game? Was it called? Bat Football or something, wasn't it? I was going to just say, Oh, We, we All we Rock You. Yeah, he did That's that. Well. He, didn't, he didn't write the lyrics, famously. <laughs> who plays who plays Private Ryan in the movie of the same name? Um, I don't know. Is it A, Matt Damon, B, Edward Burns, C, Tom Hanks, or D, Tom Sizemore? Uh, Matt Damon? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Just get one wrong. It's such a boring game. Okay. Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, no. no, don't get one don't, wrong. Oh, don't, don't get one pressure. wrong. Don't get one wrong. But there is another game that we've got to play in a bit, and we haven't asked you what your favourite stuff is. Although you're <laughs> fan of board games, and this is a very boring game. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne plays... Which, you're too kind. Lawrence Fishburne plays which character in The Matrix? Um, Orpheus? Orpheus. I've Ooh. never seen it. Give us is it A Trinity, B Cipher, C the Oracle, or D Morpheus? Morpheus. <laughs> interesting, interesting, <laughs> interesting fact. Lawrence Fishburne uh, turns up in uh, the Matrix, and my friend that talks through all the films uh, is next to me going, now, "Who's that? Who's that? Who's that?" <laughs> all the way through the whole film, Lawrence Fishburne turns up, "Who's he?" And then the first line out of his mouth is, "I am Morpheus." <laughs> you know, just hold your fucking tongue. <laughs> What was the name of the Monty Python film that parodied the Bible story? The Life of Brian. <sighs> Gone with the Wind is set during which conflict? The American Civil War. What is the name of Simba's father in The Lion King? Mufasa. Which American state is the setting for Groundhog Day? Pennsylvania? Fucking hell. Which movie star is father to Pax Knox and Vivian? Hmm. Oh, Brad Pitt. Oh, what fucking hell. Those are his adopted children. Who voices voices Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies? James L. Jones. (sighs) Which organisation does Clarice Starling work for in The Silence of the Lambs? I shall not repeat it. Um... (laughs) The police. Oh my god, you got one wrong! Yay! <laughs> it was the FBI, you dumbass. Oh. Um, so let's uh, <laughs> let's get back on with our lives. Oh, what a, anyway, so that's that excellent. Is, uh, that's Ridley's excellent Games Room movie buff quiz available at Waterstones. Uh, fuck me! Um, if you're ever in an Airbnb when it's too cold to go outside, you do not want to be stuck with one of them. Uh, <laughs> But you're yeah. a fan of board games. I so love board What's games. What's your favourite board game? Um, probably, uh, ooh, um, I know it's not a board game, but Magic the Gathering is probably the game I play the most. Whoa. And uh, So it's so that kind of tabletop yeah. Like a, what's that, an RPG? Play, what's that? that no, game? that's a, just a card game. So Dungeons oh, and Dragons would be an RPG, but Magic's just a deck building card game. Uh, and deck build, and so what's, what does that mean? You go out and you buy the. Co- yeah, so you collect the cards like football stickers and make your deck better. So it's not like this Pop is trumps. the deck and that's the end of it. It's like you sub stuff in and out to improve and it. Is that, top so trumps, buy... is that what Top Trumps is? No. But is that like Pokemon cards? Pokemon? Pokemon? <laughs> 
I don't think it's anything like either of those two Poke- Pokemon cards are where you have like different uh, yeah we've got a guest to discuss what Magic the Gathering is Natalie we don't need you <laughs> uh, do, do you mind not tell, talking to us for a minute Laura we've got uh, we've got some reading to do Oh, okay. So, but magic. Oh, so, building. So, but uh-huh. don't they buy different subsets of them and things? <laughs> so no, 1993 was when they right. first started. With oh. Pokemon or Magic? No, magic, magic, magic oh, it is funny. I don't really know anything about. It. I know what it is, and it's, it's only in this conversation that I've got. Magic I have no idea what it is. So it's basically like you each have a deck of cards, and you're alone. having a battle. So they've got like fighting ability. Fucking over so twenty the billion magic cards but produced then in the period like of 2008 to 2016. Thanks for that, Natalie. Thanks for giving us all the information. Make your deck better, like strengthening your conquer as you battle. Like conquer strengthening is as important as the battle. What's all this up in here? about booster packs <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's going on with these booster packs so you can buy a booster pack can yeah you? yeah like a pack of football stickers and then you want the shinies and you put them in your deck I was buying uh, some garbage pail kids uh, cards the other day but they're, they're not stickers anymore they're, the other day. they're cards oh, yeah. yeah 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 and they're called the garbage the garbage gang okay so they've given them a bit of a rebrand because people probably don't know what cabbage patch kids are anymore are they? probably uh, but they have like um, strength or um, they have like different numbers on the back I think whether it's kind of like pus related or oh, no. or vomit related but it is that kind of thing right so you have you have got characters of the card character cards yeah kind of yeah yeah Okay, I, I'm so not sure I do know. No, it's quite a difficult one to explain quickly, but it's basically you're having a battle with whoever you're playing with, and that can be like one person or 20 people, whatever you're doing. And but this then, is a card battle. It's not yeah. the sort of battle that you'd have I'm with your fighting, family with, when you're playing Monopoly. Like in the way that you fight people and risk. Right. Right, okay. But the cards have different strengths and abilities, and for me it's just the most like flexible game I've ever come across. But Mine I is uh, yoga. Good. Can you do competitive yoga? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twister. Um, Twister. I think this. I should have said Twister. Mm. It's flexible game. Come I really on. like the idea of this magic game. It's great, especially if you're on the road and you want a completely like variable game that isn't a massive board game. Especially if you're on the road and you want an entire train carriage to yourself. Uh, <laughs> but is it one of those things where if you bring it up and someone play says, magic? oh I play that do you kind of go Ugh. Um, no because I think a lot of people play it it's quite funny if somebody else can play it right there and then with you and you're like oh cool let's have a game I'm, um, I don't I'm, think it's like a niche thing where you're like I've overturned a rock oh no no not at all not, yeah. I don't mean that I know it's very very popular but is it it's not a thing where you sort of when someone does reveal it it's not a thing where you go well I don't think there's loads to discuss because like you're into it or you're not into it but it's not like you can be like ooh and do you love this card and this card because in that sense it is like having nine billion top trump cards oh, in sure. existence I feel like I, I, I don't mean to them. sound I'm not being no, 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 like, no, 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 yeah. I'm 30, I'm 38. Am I too old to get into it? I've just got into Dr. Mario on the NES. Not if you like games, sir. I do you love games. You have a lovely time with it. This isn't quite exactly the same thing, but I really love the, the card game Shithead. Oh, yeah. And I was out with uh, Paul F. Taylor yesterday, and uh, I got a deck of cards out. Um, we had a bit of a chat, and at the end of the chat, I got a deck of cards out, and he said, Shithead? <laughs> and um, and I've never played Shithead with him before, 
and I didn't have to explain him the rules. Nice. And we just yeah. every single other person I've played shithead with, I've had to explain to them the rules, mm-hmm. and he just knew. Did he have the same rules? Because that's the thing is that everyone knows how to play, but everyone knows a different way to play. Uh, we had, uh, I would say, ninety percent the same rules. Wicked. And then there was like one where it's just like, oh, I normally do that with that card, and he got a bit angry about it. But he um, does. but I just walked out. <laughs> so um, this, yeah, magic. I that played. Just I really played fun. shithead with you a couple of Saturdays ago in a cocktail bar. <laughs> In Islington, and I don't think they wanted us in there at all. At all, <laughs> even before the shit. We're just playing, ca- we're just playing cards. Yeah. And it, I think it was the wrong. It's not an airport lounge. Yeah, it felt like it was a cocktail bar, but it was a cocktail bar that looked like it, 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 it was, was a pub f- that had been the Four Sisters. Was it called? Yeah, something like that. And uh, it looked like a pub from the outside. But when you went in, it was like, oh, so obviously used to be a pub that's now like quite a bit more fancy. And we went in there, and it was just like, can we have? you sell beers <laughs> it was all like that and it was all a bit kind what of what have you got uh, that's not fruity I don't normally drink beer or, or uh, and, uh, if I have to drink a pint it'll be cider but uh, I, I tried to drink beer with Nathaniel so it'd feel a bit it was just after I, I needed to steady my nerves I just uh, I just received a how to chain your uh, dragon gift bag and uh, nearly got run over uh, when I was going through it um, someone was running you over for the gift bag no, I was distracted by looking at the right. DVDs that I'd just been given, and <laughs> uh, a car nearly hit me. I just walked into the road, yeah, and uh, but you know, we had. A, I needed a drink to steady my nerves. I see. Long story short, I'm back. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, right. I, okay, so um, what's the minimum amount of cards that you need in order to play Magic: The Gathering? A deck has to be 60 to be legal. So you have to have 60. And can you buy a deck of 60? Or yeah. do you have to buy individual? Do they come in the foil packets as yeah. well, right? And you buy them from, like, comic shops and yeah. uh, games workshops, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I want to get into this. Because it's quite an expensive hobby. How much are they? The, I mean, I've spent hundreds of pounds, <laughs> and I've only been playing it for a year. Yeah, but do you know what I've spent hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of pounds on? I don't know if I want Tetris to. Tetris Blitz on my phone. Oh. Unbe- it's unbelievable. It Tetris depends Blitz. whether you think spending money on games for the time you get for it. Like, I've spent hundreds of pounds on Magic, but I've spent thousands of hours playing it. I spend a tenner every time I go to the cinema, and that's two hours. I've not spent any money on computer games for my whole life, and I don't smoke anymore. Deal. Sure, money. Do what you like. Absolutely. <laughs> Growing flowers and vegetables is another thing that you're a fan of. I am. I am. I'm a big fan. Um, do, you, your own do you have a garden? I have an allotment. Oh, <laughs> My lovely. sister's got an allotment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I immediately I, think of Arthur Fowler from yeah. A Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know what? I always think about the episode where he was cheating on his wife and he walked around the bed and she watched him walk around and it made me feel queasy as a kid and now I think about it once a week. <laughs> Arthur Fowler <laughs> cheated on his wife? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. It was really sad. It, was it does sad make me episode. quite sad because it's a bit like, not, not you. Not Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Not Arthur. Oh, and he had that grim little face on like, hey, I'm doing something naughty, I'm a little rat man. Oh, it's horrible. Oh. Um, I, used to, I didn't have all my teeth, I used to call him Arthur. Um, <laughs> my sister's got an allotment and she does a thing where you put the apples next to the compost heap and uh, when the apples drop out of the tree, they go into the compost and then the worms eat them mm-hmm. and then they do it. And it's sort of like a trickle-down effect where, I don't know what it's called, but it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
a self-sustaining <laughs> allotment where each bit kind of does oh, something for the next bit. Yeah, that's really And that kind of looks after itself. Has she had it for quite a long time? Not to... that long, only a couple of years maybe, yeah. but like it's something that she's been reading about and doing. It's quite slow. It's really fun. I've only had mine a year, so I did loads of growing last year, but then going away for all of Edinburgh, like in August, you miss a big chunk of the summer. Oh, of course. So a lot of stuff dried up and it was so dry last summer. But I've got a little greenhouse this year for my balcony if I can get the pigeons off the balcony then I can grow some seedlings there. A friend of mine... You, you want to get the pigeons off the balcony? I've got a bit of a pigeon infestation. It started out with just two pigeons that came to the balcony to have some babies, and now I've got five pigeons that shit everywhere, uh, and I don't know how to get rid of them. Um, so we're looking into some net options to A friend of mine got into them. gardening, and then he's also started watching like Gardener's World and loves it. It's like yeah. one of his favourite. It's really weirdly addictive, especially if you're like... You need a hobby that's less immediate... I, so it's got like a slow burn on I am working towards something but it's not like yeah. constantly getting those adrenaline boosts mm. that wear off and leave you feeling dappy it's like I'm going to do four hours of planting and outside and and um, Monty Don's got quite a good uh, show about French gardens on Netflix just saying <laughs> uh, I just start watching it and uh, you like uh, sorry we've got to, we've got to get to the game there's another game uh, we've got to get to the game but, um, but you like cooking and baking yeah what do you prefer Baking. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't stand baking shows. I love cooking, cooking shows, but baking shows. Do you grow your own uh, herbs in the garden? Yes. Yeah, loads of veg. I've got my leeks in at the moment. Right. I, I feel like I wish I was you. I wish I, <laughs> I, I wish I was the type of person that was like... Um, that did that, but I don't think I am. Do you know what? Have a full mental breakdown, and it really makes you reevaluate your options afterwards. Because, like, the show that the trying show that I'm doing in a couple of weeks, after that, I kind of was sat around looking at my life and went, All I do is go to gigs and come home again. I had no hobbies. My friends all work the complete opposite hours to me. I'm not, and I just didn't do anything other than comedy. And then, you know, you get those like 10, like, QA, 10 questions. What are you into coming up to the Edinburgh Festival? And I was like, What do you mean, That's what am I into? Nothing. Yeah. It's got all my money. It's all my time I don't know anybody outside of comedy anymore yeah. so then I started you'd recommend the mental breakdown yeah I rebuilt all my hobbies <laughs> if you want some good hobbies have a breakdown first and it really clarifies which hobbies you're into are you doing Edinburgh next year this year yes coming up yeah uh, your show is on oh we'll play, should we play the game first no we'll do it now so that we know oh. Soho Theatre 20th to the 23rd of February I would really love to come and see your show uh, can I get a comp? Yes, you can. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, I, w- I will be there. Uh, right, we're now going to play the game. Uh, Nathaniel, uh, please be in the room for this because this is the only bit that you're actually trusted with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is better or worse. I'm going to give you a list of people and you have to say with the next person is better or worse than the person before and it's just based entirely on my own opinion to win points. I'm trying to guess your opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Goldie Horn is his starting person. Is Amy Adams better or worse than Goldie Horn? Worse. Worse, yeah, correct, worse. worse. But it's a high card. I it's really a high, like both, both I really high like card. Amy, I like Amy Adams. Me too, me too. Next up, Amy Adams. But is Russell Crowe better or worse than Amy worse. Adams? Worse. Worse, yeah, he is worse. Yeah, worse. He's one of the worst human beings alive. Juliette Lewis. Is Juliette Lewis better or worse than Russell Crowe? Worse. Juliette Lewis is better than Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah. sorry. She was in That's Natural right. Born sorry, Killers. Um, Christopher Lloyd. Russell Crowe. She, she was in Natural Born Killers and from Dust Till Dawn, and Russell Crowe uh, threw a phone at a, a, a hotel maid. <laughs> so, uh, Christopher Lloyd. But better? Better, better yes. Christopher Lloyd Lewis. is better. Uncle Fester, isn't he? Sydney Fucking, Quack. that's a weird one to go for yeah. first. Yeah. He's Doc uh, Brown, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney Poitier, better or worse than Christopher Lloyd? Ooh, worse. worse. 
I think better. Right. Good. I yes. suppose you have to have seen some Sydney Poitier films, <laughs> though, haven't you? Yeah. Rod Stewart, better or worse than Sydney Poitier? Much worse. worse. Much, worse. much worse. worse. Yeah. Is Helen Mirren better or worse than Rod Stewart? Better. Better. better yes. Is Chris Evans better or worse than Which Helen one? Mirren? Worse. The, uh, the the radio presenter, Chris Evans. Uh, worse. Worse, yeah. Is Chris worse. Evans better or worse than Chris Evans? <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Better than everyone better on the planet. Or worse. The best. Chris Evans. The radio DJ. Yeah. Worse. The best. He's, he's better. He's yeah. better than Chris Evans. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is better than the radio DJ Chris Evans. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going to say. That's the end. Oh, that's the end. Okay. What, what's the score? Seven. 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 Yes. You're in good company there with seven. You are. It's a good score. Um, uh, we haven't got, we're, we're leading up to our year, our year, so maybe when we get to the end of the year, we should get uh, whoever got a ten back in to, uh, to, to go head-to-head. But um, you seven, you're in the same group with Hayley Campbell, Brett Goldstein, Charlie Higson, Matthew Holness, Ian Smith, Josh Widdicombe and Sean McLaughlin. Uh, of course, beating you is John Nevins, Sean Harris, um, Daniel Cook, Daniel Lawrence-Taylor, Michael Legg, Solomon Gray with nine, uh, eight, Claudie Blakely, Jordan Brooks, Suze Kempner, Evelyn Mock, Paul F. Taylor, Rebecca Shorex, Mark Smith and Carl Theobald. Uh, And then below you uh, with uh, six, uh, Drunk Women's Oven Crimes, Colin Holt, Andy Kindler, Merritt Larwood, Lucy Porter, Richard Sanding, Mark Simmons, David Trent, five, Yasmin Akram, Rob Deering, four, Jack Barry, Bunny Galore and three, fucking Sam Ashurst. So thank you for coming in today. It's been absolutely lovely having you. Definitely going to go and see your show on the 20th to the 23rd of February. uh, And that has been fan club you've been listening to a foobar radio podcast for more information go to foobarradio.com